Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy, the host of this show. Today I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry with me as we take you full uh, up until the Auburn-Alabama game tonight, the full three hours here as we will be previewing the Auburn-Alabama basketball game coming up in just a little bit. Uh, we'll also be talking about some very relevant sports business uh, news that uh, could end up impacting a, a lot of viewers, maybe in a positive way. want to bring that up in just a little bit. Uh, also, more thoughts on uh, college basketball landscape right now as a whole with the SEC and more action tonight. There was a close one in South Carolina Ole Miss last night. Also want to update you on Auburn football recruiting as there was a commitment for the 2025 class right around the time that we went off air Yesterday, So a lot to get to on this Wednesday edition of the show. Again, if you want to give us a call on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Again, Ryan, Tom, and Cam with you here. T.P. Hammock running the board, taking your phone calls today. We'll start with you, Tom Peavy. Hope you had a good day off yesterday. Good to see you again today, sir. Uh, it was a good day off yesterday. Got to do some bass fishing for the first time in quite a while and uh, caught a couple. Uh, we weren't out there for very long, but... Uh, Got a couple on the hook, so that was fun. But uh, today it's all about this basketball game coming up. Uh, I mean, the students have already been camping out since yesterday. Uh, all the national media seems to be watching this game. Uh, the hype is real, and now I just got to see if the Tigers can do it. The last time Alabama came here to Neville Arena, though, they were the ones that walked out with a win. So <laughs> this is not going to be an easy game uh, at all. But uh, – yeah, we're, I know we're going to talk about that all through the show, but yeah, I'm doing great. Absolutely. And then Cam Berry on the show with us for the first two hours today before he goes and covers the Auburn-Alabama game. Cam, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Uh, ready to talk some Auburn hoops. Uh, first time being on the show, so it was a great win against Ole Miss. Uh, a much-needed win, a quad one win going to Ole Miss. Um, you know, being able to prove that you can win in a way hostile environment uh, if you're the Tigers and, and just a high quality game. Janai Broom uh, seems to have really turned it on, and, and you definitely want to see him continue that uh, tonight against the Alabama team that couldn't do anything with him the last time they played. So uh, you, you want to be able to capitalize off that as well. Um, and, and like Tom said, you know, we'll talk more about that uh, in the show, uh, especially, you know, considering the lineup change with, with Trey Donald and being the starter uh, I, I definitely think that is significant and will will help down the stretch with how how the Tigers are going to be playing um, 
and yeah, and, and another commit, like you said, so for the 25 class. So Hugh Freeze continues to, to build a, a solid rapport with the 2025 class um, as their senior seasons draw near. So that's absolutely something to always pay attention to. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, ready to talk some hoops. And uh, yeah, the thing you mentioned about the SEC and the landscape, that's something interesting too. So I'm excited to talk about that as well. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's get to it. Let's, of course, start with some Auburn and Alabama breakdown as we get set for the second of two meetings scheduled between Auburn and Alabama. Of course, you never know with these two teams, they could end up seeing each other again in the SEC tournament. Uh, but right now, Alabama continues to lead the SEC, their only conference loss against Tennessee in Knoxville uh, a couple weekends ago. And, of course, for Auburn, uh, a very close loss to this Alabama team just, again, a couple weeks ago. It's kind of early to be getting done with a two-game rivalry uh, like this. Usually you see, uh, if not at the end of the, the very end of a season with some rivalries, you usually see them a little bit later than this. But, of course, just seven days into the month of February, this will conclude the regular season meetings between the two. Uh, and so, again, very important game for the top of the SEC standings. Alabama 8-1, South Carolina now 8-2 after their close win over Ole Miss last night. And then Auburn at 7-2, Tennessee at 6-2. So, obviously, this one is huge for the regular season standings. I will ask you guys the same question I asked to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer yesterday on the show. What needs to change for this Auburn team as it relates to the last time they played Alabama in Coleman Coliseum? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's really plain and simple. They just need to make shots. Honestly, last last time they played Alabama, they went 5 for 25 from 3, and I, I think they will shoot much better than that uh, at home. I, I think that everything else they played was rel- – I think they played relatively fine. I mean, you had a terrible shooting game, and you only lost by 4 or 5 points. Uh, and so <laughs> – you can, if you're Auburn, you can say, "Well, we played pretty solid defense." Uh, Mark Sears had a pretty good game, uh, and down the stretch, Grant Nelson kind of got going a little bit as well. But and Rylan Griffin had a really good game, also. Rylan Griffin seems to always find a way to go off against Auburn. It kind of seems uh, he really gets up for that kind of game. Uh, definitely did last year uh, in Auburn Arena, like Tom had kind of alluded to. Um, but I will say that the last time they were here, I think they were they were a significantly better team than Auburn was, um, and they uh, obviously had a uh, star player, very very high end player in um, in Brandon Miller, who who's obviously killing it in the NBA right now. Uh, so I I won't say that Mark uh, Sears is not an X factor like that, but he is. Uh, still an extremely talented player, and I don't know if he'll ever, you know, be at, at Brandon's caliber. But um, you just got to focus on Sears still. Get him, get him, you know, kind of force somebody else to step up. Uh, st- uh, and and I think your defense will be fine. Uh, and, and just shot making. I think that really is all it comes down to with Auburn is can you be efficient from three uh, and run your offense as well. Don't don't get caught up in Alabama's fast pace because that's how they like to play. Auburn has tended in the past to play fast, but this team kind of seems the, to be more of a slower, let you develop type of team. Um, yes, they can play fast sometimes and, and you know obviously with fast breaks and things like that, but when they get into the half court offense, they need to let their offense really develop, run it efficiently uh, and I think Trey Donaldson will make uh, will uh, certainly be able to do that. 
because he's been playing very, very well over the last couple weeks, which is why I think Bruce Pearl decided to make the decision to make the change and, and have him be the starter. Uh, so I think that'll be a high high impact uh, for this game as well is, uh, is Trey, you know, really running the offense. Tom, same question to you. What needs to change for Auburn compared to the last time out against Alabama? Uh, don't let Sears score 22. I mean, <laughs> that'll be hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, but I mean, if you, you think about how close that game was, I mean, if you just if you can just kind of hold him to just a little bit less than that, then you're you may you may potentially win that game or you do win that game. I mean, uh, you, you just you just don't need you don't need to give up 22 to a player. Uh, you know, and granted, he does average twenty a game. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I'm just saying that. That, but that's uh, when you go back and you look at the last game. Th- that's the biggest glaring one. Now Griffin had 17 off the bench. You also you want to limit that. See, I think that's the big one. Yeah. Not, not letting Griff- Griffin go five for ten from three. That's right. that's because I think Sears going to get his. But keep keep going. Right. Continue. I, but well, the thing is, I, I think Sears is going to get him. But I mean, if you could just not let him go off for a 20 spot. I know he averages 20, but I mean. It, yeah, it's not really going off for him. That's that's my point. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. well, I mean, but twenty two is still it's a lot yeah, in college games. It's a lot. It hold is. It, hold, but it, hold, it, hold it. Try to let's, let's see if we can hold him below his average. Yeah, um, I, I would say that's absolutely feasible. Yeah, um, holding below his average. I don't think Griffin's going to hit five of ten. I, I now I say that. I mean, the dude may get red hot, but uh, you know, you just you hope that coming into an opposing arena, a kid's not going to hit five threes on you. So uh, that's that. That's defensive wise. Uh, on the on the offensive side of things, um, I, I'm very curious to see uh, how the uh, change in starting lineup is going to be. Aiden Holloway has just not been getting it done, and so it was it was time to make that move. And we will see if the production level goes up even more. Um, you know, uh, Jalen, uh, that last Alabama game didn't have uh, his greatest game, zero for three from three. So you know, you hope that Jalen. Uh, gets his game uh, to the level that we've seen him play against right. Alabama. And, uh, you know, really, I mean, if everybody else can kind of do what they've been doing, uh, Janiah had 25 there, uh, you definitely want to get more production. We've seen so many guys in Auburn games have multiple guys and in, in double figures in scoring, and in that one you just had two. Uh, Chad Becker-Mazzaro had 11. Um, Janiah had 25. Um, so you're hoping that you get more offensive production. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, that game was close, 79 to 75, and I mean it was close right to the right to the end, and that was in a very hostile environment. Uh, I think Auburn can make some of those improvements, uh, get some more offensive production out of their guys, and then some better defensive production against some of those guys that hurt them last time. And if they do that, and with the crowd that's going to be there, I, I think Auburn's in good shape. Yeah, I really did. And, and the thing with the game against Alabama in Coleman Coliseum, I really didn't think that Auburn was taking many bad shots. Honestly, I didn't think that the shot selection for the threes were terrible. I just thought that I just didn't think they were falling. I just think, right. you know, they were just simply missing. And, and I mean, that happens, you know, as a team, whatever. Everybody gets cold, I guess. Uh, I think the only person that truly had a good shooting game was Trey Donaldson. And, yeah, I mean, he went two for three from three, three from five right. from the field. So he's really the only one that was truly shooting pretty decently. Uh, and, and he's always been a pretty efficient shooter. So I don't really worry about him. I think adding him into the starting lineup with that, I think that's going to be, again, I think that's going to 
plays such a huge part because he just keeps everything so steady. Um, you know, with Aiden, I think him coming in as that sixth or seventh man off the bench is going to really take some pressure off of him because I think the five-star expectation, all of these things coming down on him, you're supposed to be making these shots, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be this, whatever, whatever. That's a lot of pressure for an 18, 19-year-old kid. So I think him coming off the bench is going to help him to be able to kind of play a little bit more free, uh, flow a little bit better. Even in the old Miss game, you saw him driving a little bit more, so it's kind of opened up a little bit more for him. His, he seems to be starting to get just a little bit more comfortable, uh, and, and you you kind of want to continue to see him grow and do that. So I think, honestly, Bruce might keep him on the bench uh, for you know however long, probably the, maybe the remainder of the season, uh, if this continues to develop and work out where Trey is in the starting lineup and keeps things right, and then Aiden comes in and, and kind of speeds the game up like that second lineup does. So we'll, we'll see how that, uh, how that plays out. But I, I think that's going to be the biggest, uh, biggest impact. Uh, the one thing that I uh... – Auburn needs to be careful of, and it's one thing that I've noticed that they tend to do sometimes. Don't try to match a three with a three. No, just can't play at Alabama's pace. Right, yeah, don't play no. at Alabama. If they if Bama hits a three, don't feel like you have to come down and match it with a three like immediately. Like still run your offense, stay within yourself, and run your offense. Because um, I've just seen it too many times, and it and it happened in that Alabama game. Bama would hit a three. Auburn would come down and, and immediately fire up a three like they're trying to match that three. And, of course, they miss. Bama comes down the floor, hits another three. Well, guess what? That's a 6-0 run all of a sudden. So don't feel like you just have to match that. Um, stay within yourself. Run your offense. I know that's one thing that Bruce Pearl has been preaching to those guys is, is run the offense. Run, run what you know how to do. Don't feel like that you just have to come down there and fire up a three. Stay within yourselves, play your game, and I think Auburn's fine. I mean, they they are so deep, they're so talented, they they have uh, they have so many advantages in this game that they should be able to take care of and get a win against a very very good Alabama team. And of course, Alabama is very much one of the new age style offenses uh, where they shoot a lot of threes and their twos. They try to get as close to the rim as possible. They don't take a lot of mid range jumpers. No middies. Aul Auburn did a really good job. Uh, defensively inside the three-point line in Tuscaloosa. Alabama was just 15 of 38 from two, uh, which is obviously, well, you know, good good mark below 50%. Usually if you're uh, shooting twos, you, you need to be 50% or higher. Uh, and Auburn, meanwhile, when they shot twos against Alabama, they were 23 of 42, so that was uh, a little bit over 50%. So what that told me is that Auburn did a really good job uh, on Alabama's drives and contesting at the rim, not allowing easy layups, uh, making everything challenged. But obviously, Alabama with the 11 threes to Auburn's five—that that's a that's a huge number there. The other difference maker too that you guys have not hit on yet is that this is another one of those games that Auburn did slightly get out rebounded in. It was 46 to 41 on the glass. That's not a huge discrepancy by any means. 16 offense rebounds Alabama to 12 to Auburn. On Auburn's home floor, they need to be the aggressor and harness the energy, and you do that in multiple ways. That does sometimes improve your shooting, sometimes improve defense, sometimes hurt the other team, but also that needs to 
kind of stay steady there at the rim and be able to, again, challenge these shots without fouling, block some shots at the rim, and, and that sort of thing. There's a few other things I want to get into with the matchup, obviously, but we do want to go ahead and get to the orthopedic clinic phone line for the first time today, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. First up on the show this afternoon. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is with us. Anthony, how are you today? Doing good today, and you guys? Doing well. Now, was today signing day, or is that tomorrow? Uh, th- that was today. Well, how, how did it go for you guys? I mean, there was not nothing new to report. Nothing yeah. new? Yeah, so Auburn was not targeting anyone yeah, else. Auburn, yeah, I was going to say, Auburn didn't really have anybody that they were targeting. I mean, the only thing that you could have potentially looked for was if Ryan Williams was somehow trolling Alabama this whole time and signed with Auburn. But I don't think anybody in their right mind thought that, that was going to happen. So, yeah, Auburn was not expecting anybody to sign with them today. So across the board for the other teams in the in the conference, uh, maybe Alabama and Georgia, anything different happen or? Uh, no, I mean again, the, the, no. this is no longer yeah. the the not even close to the main period. It's barely even, yeah. it's even uh, a blip period on the radar. Blip yeah. on, it's barely a blip on so, the radar now. So yeah, for Alabama, oh, wow. I mean it, it was relevant to to of course keep Ryan Williams after his commitment a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, if you looked at the top 100 players in the country, only two or three were were unsigned coming into today. Yeah, I guess times have changed. Uh, one other thing, uh, there have been rumors that Ronnie Gardner might may come back as defensive line coach. Uh, you guys heard anything? Uh, it sounds like Auburn's going to promote within uh, okay. is, is the last that I heard. Um, there's a coach that has a uh, off-the-field role that they're going to bring in as the de- defensive line coach. So uh, it does not look like Rodney Gardner is going to be a part of the staff. All right. Well, I appreciate it. That's pretty much what I wanted to know, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. You too, Anthony. That is Anthony calling from Auburn, joining us on – the orthopedic clinic phone line. Yeah, again, with signing day, I mean, we'll, I'll make sure we go over the rankings at some point today just to, to catch everyone up to speed. But, again, that that really was, it was and is the dynamic where you, you have a handful of guys still that, that were yet to uh, commit, uh, but with the ability to enroll now and, and, and get in class in January and start – uh, with that, I mean, a lot of these kids, probably over, over half these the of these classes, excuse me, uh, start enrolling in January, and so you you end up with half of your signing class already on campus in time for spring, uh, and, and so there was just not a lot of targets even for the bigger schools like Alabama and Georgia. They were already in great position. They they really didn't need much else. And like I said, obviously Ryan Williams was one that we thought. Uh, would, would come down to the wire as of a month ago. But, uh, again, once he recommitted to Alabama a couple of weeks ago, that was no longer a mystery. So uh, he obviously locked in with Alabama and locked in a top three class for them. And, and again, Georgia and Alabama for the, the 24 cycle are at the very top. But, yeah, we'll, we'll go over the rankings one more time a little bit later and just uh, catch everyone up to speed on, on some of the final rankings. But, again, they have not really changed much because of today's action. We're going to head to our first timeout of the show. When we come back, birthdays and sports, more of your phone calls on the North Beach Clinton phone line, more breakdown of tonight's matchup between Auburn and Alabama on the hardwood, and much, much more. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. 
This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday. T.P. Hammock is running the board and taking your phone calls today. Before we go any further in the show, however, we want to get to today's Birthdays in Sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Today on February the 7th, we've got Robert Brazil, who turned 71, former NFL linebacker for the Houston Oilers. Brazil, nicknamed Dr. Doom, played at Viger High School Go Wolves. in Mobile before playing college football at Jackson State. I believe the reason we had that one in there is because uh, it's where Deshaun Davis yeah, go Tigers. Uh, went to school. Uh, and, of course, again, played college football at Jackson State. He was... Selected sixth overall in the 1975 draft, Brazil had a very successful career with the Oilers, winning Defensive Rookie of the Year alongside being seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time second-team All-Pro, and two-time first-team All-Pro. In 2018, Brazil was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Robert Brazil is 71. I did not know he was from Mobile, Alabama until I just did the high school research. I was like, well, I'll be dang. Very nice. Dr. Doom went to Viger. Was not aware of that. (laughs) Steve Nash is 50 today. Former NBA point guard Nash played college ball at Santa Clara. Go Broncos. Before being selected 15th overall by the Phoenix Suns. It was in Dallas that Nash established himself as formal point guard as he was a multi-time all-star. However, his best stint came when he returned to Phoenix. During his second stint, Nash would become a back-to-back NBA MVP winner, a three-time all-NBA first-teamer, five-time assist leader, two-time all-NBA second team, ended his career with the Los Angeles Lakers. His number 11 is retired by Santa Clara. His number 13 is retired by the Suns. Nash was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame in 2018. And T.P. Hammock, our board op today, is a very big fan of Steve Nash. He wanted that to be known. He's from Canada. Yes, he is. He is from Canada. Went to St. Michael's School in Victoria, British Columbia. Go Blue Jags. Blue Jags. Okay. Blue Jags. Not the Blue Jays. Or the Blue Jackets. Or the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jags, as in Jaguar. Okay. Yeah, Uh, yeah, my my last memory of Steve Nash was, yes, he will not return to the Lakers anytime soon because his back got injured because he was carrying groceries. (laughs) That is a real thing. Steve Nash, end of his career, pulled back carrying groceries. Anyway, Nash turns 50 today. One of the great point guards of all time. Matthew Stafford is 36, current quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Stafford playing played his college career at Georgia. Go dogs. You don't have to do that before eventually being <laughs> the first overall pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, where he was selected by the Detroit Lions. Stafford's career has been successful with accolades being a two-time Pro Bowler, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, and is a Super Bowl champion. From Highland Park High School in Dallas, Texas, go Scots. My middle name? <laughs> uh, sure. The 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 what was the high school name again? Highland Park. Scots. Highland, Highland Park, Park Scots. Is in the Scottish. Okay. Okay. Scottish. All right. There we go. Uh, otherwise, I just thought the dude wanted 
named guy named Scott. Yeah, not not the Michael Scotts. <laughs> Just Scott. Okay, Scottish. There you go. Matthew Stafford, thirty six today. Isaiah Thomas turns thirty four. Not the Hall of Fame. Not the, Isaiah yeah. Thomas. Former former NBA point guard Thomas played collegially at the University of Washington. Go Huskies! Before being selected sixtieth overall in the two thousand eleven draft by the Sacramento Kings. Thomas would bounce around the league before landing in Boston, where he would have his most successful stint. There, he was a two-time All-Star and All-NBA second-team selection. Injuries would plague the rest of his career. He never quite returned to full form after that. His number two is retired by Washington. So two schools for him in high school. Started out Curtis Senior High School in University Place, Washington. Go Vikings. And then he played his senior year at South Kent, an all-boys boarding school in South Kent, Connecticut. Go Cardinals. Okay. A generic one there. Yeah. Vikings and Cardinals. Makina O'Callaghan turns 19, current Auburn soccer player. I saw 420 minutes of action in 14 matches, earning three starts, placed four of sh- uh, four shots on frame, earned first career assist on a goal from Sammy Brown at Army. She is from Escondido, California, and she went to San Pasquale High School. Go Golden Eagles. So, Mark uh, McKenna O'Callaghan, 19 today for Auburn soccer. And also for Auburn softball, Rose Roach turns 21. Current softball player for the Tigers, appeared in 47 games, primarily as a pinch runner before seeing expanded role at second base during the last month of the season. Made 13 starts with 10 coming at second base and a few at third base. Totaled 13 hits, including career-high four doubles. Also set career highs with 14 runs, scored, and 10 RBIs. She also was a member of the 2023 SEC Tournament or SEC Tournament All-Tournament team. There you go. She is from Elburn, Illinois, and went to Caneland High School. Go Knights. Go Knights. Rose Roach is 21. Those are the birthdays in sports today. Rose Roach, 21. McKenna Callahan, 19. Isaiah Thomas, 34. Matthew Stafford, 36. Steve Nash, 50. And Robert Brazil, 71. Good list of birthdays right there. With that, let's go ahead and take our next time out of the show when we return. More of your phone calls. Also, more on Auburn and Alabama. More on the world in college basketball. And a little bit later, want to get into the sports business news coming to a home near you in the fall. We'll talk about that. A little bit later as well. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning sports call.
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. TP Hammock run the board taking your phone calls. And speaking of phone calls, let's go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to join us on the show today. Next up, Ward Damn Steve. Retire Ward Damn Steve is with us. Steve, how are you this afternoon? Um. I'll be more anxious than a, uh, a room full of uh, walking chairs than I was a cat. <laughs> okay. I see where you were going there. Okay. Okay. All right. So, who most of you guys are going to be at the game tonight in an unofficial capacity? Unofficial capacity? Uh, I think none of us. Again, Cam as in a official capacity, and then Brooks, who's not on the show today, again, as an, in a official capacity. Uh, so, nobody can yell in my behalf then? Uh, not at the game, no. No. Okay. Well, then I hope all the fans, they're all the fans at the, um, you know, at the little you know, um, high school gym called Neville Arena will be really loud as all get out tonight. Then. Oh, I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure you probably also saw the many tents set up and uh, right outside of Neville Arena again as of this morning. I mean, it made it all the way through the village basically. So yeah, uh, that's, uh, I saw all that. Now, are those people? Not guaranteed seats, even though they've camped all night. I would say that dear, by the by, the time you got to the end of that line, no, yeah, they're not right. they're not guaranteed. It. Most of them will get in there, but I mean, once you start, uh, once you get about halfway down the other concourse, going towards the road, there, I would I would say those people those people all will get in, but they might just be standing room. Right? By okay. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna cram as many students in that place as they can possibly get into yeah, the rafters be, if they have to. They'll be they'll be lined up uh, in standing room only. The but but not every student that tries to get in will get in too. They, they will have to cut them off at some point. Yeah, I thought maybe they might let them fit you know in the stairways or something. You know. <laughs> I, I think that starts to become a fire hazard at, at that point if you're blocking stairways. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to let as many get into standing room only as they are allowed to. But, uh, but again, some will probably that are not in line. Uh, if you're not all in line already, you might have trouble getting in. Okay. Well, staying with the game real quickly, guys. Uh, just staff that uh, struck me and said, wow, I didn't know this. Or maybe I forgot it. I didn't know that uh, Coach Pearl was actually 3-6 and six against Nate Oates. Uh, yeah, I didn't know the exact record. Obviously, Alabama got the the sweep last year, but uh, and it's tough to win on Auburn's home floor. They, I believe, got a sweep uh, not too long ago. But uh, yeah, good record. Uh, anyway, you said six and three, side, right? No, no, three and six. Three and Earl six. Three I'm and sorry. Six, yeah. yeah, yeah. He has a losing record. Right. So again, uh, yeah, that last year you had the sweep, and uh, so it's really uh, you got the last three, um, and again Auburn. Uh, last time they swept Alabama was a, a little while, so uh, you, you've been having uh, again pretty back and forth success there. Yeah. Now on the positive side, it says uh, this is from Nathan King that uh, uh, with Pearl we are seven and one uh, in ranked versus ranked games in Neville Arena, and fourteen to four against ranked opponents overall. So um, that's what is a good statistic. And then the one about Janiah Broom, guys. Uh, I just did not know he was this good. He's now one of seven, according to Nathan King's uh, stats he brought up, he's one of seven players in college basketball history with at least 1,750 career points, 1,000 rebounds, 150 assists, and 300 blocks. Uh, the other six people are all first-round NBA draft picks. And I looked at the list and said, wow, Tim Duncan, 
Ralph Sampson, Shaquille O'Neal, Purvis Ellison, Keith Lee, Derek Coleman, and guess what NBA player is tied with Janai Broom for making this list with less than 4,000 minutes? It's Shaquille O'Neal. Nice. So him and Shaquille shared that uh, one, uh, or rather, um, astounding statistic. Yeah. All right, so we, we know probably that uh, Janai Broom is going to get a lot of uh, probably double teaming tonight. Is that safe to say? Uh, I, I think Alabama will definitely employ a different set strategy than they did uh, the first time around because, of course, he had such a huge game in Coleman. Uh, that being said, look, they're they're going to uh, probably be okay with with Auburn trying to take some sh- some threes early, uh, and then they would adjust off of that. But uh, certainly, they're going to have to do uh, something a little bit better. And and look, they they get Nick Pringle back in this game, but he was available in that game, and he I think he committed three or four fouls in ten minutes of action. So uh, again, they'll they'll probably try a little bit different defense there. Yeah, I Steve, for, I, for I don't. One that was uh, suspended. Yes. Okay, because I heard uh, I read uh, Coach Pearl's comment when they mentioned that uh, one of the student players was going to be back, and who it was. He said, "Imagine that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, uh, Pringle Pringle uh, usually starts for them. However, he's uh, honestly he has been a minimal impact guy. He's uh, four or five points a game, three or four rebounds a game. Uh, you know, certainly a body they want to have, but he has not been one of their three or four best players this year. Tom, you're going to say something. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, with uh, Janai Broom, I don't know that it's necessarily, a, a, like you said, a double team, but they, what they're going to do is they're going to try to figure out a way to to stop the easy baskets where, where he, you know, open up the lane. That was against Alabama the last time. There were a lot of times he just kind of had a, had a free shot at the goal because of the way Auburn would rotate their offense around and they'd find him and there would be nobody there under the basket. They're going to take that away. They're gonna they're gonna make him work for every single point he gets. It may not necessarily be putting two people on him, but they're just not gonna let him roll to the hoop like he was in the last game. Well, my son who really follows college basketball, I mean, he knows these these teams, uh, Drake, you name them, and he said uh, that he feels the best strategy for Auburn tonight is to go ahead and as much as possible try to limit, but let you know let pretty much uh, Sears make his points. But limit all the other Alabama players to single digits. Yeah, that's well, I mean, plausible. I, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's plausible. But I mean, you still you still have to do some things to limit Sears. You can't just let him just do what he wants to. Because I mean, he if you do that, he could beat you by himself. Uh, I mean, you don't want to just let him score forty points or fifty points or whatever. If you just let him loose and like, eh, no, man, no, we'll no, just no, let no, him. We'll just let him score what he scores. No, I know. Score twenty-five points, and you limit the other players, uh, then you probably got a good chance of uh, winning, right? Well, sure, and that's one of the things we talked about. Uh, you know, they had a guy that uh, hit five three-pointers in the last game against Auburn, and so if you could just limit that, that gives you a win right there. Uh, you know, but still with Sears, I mean, if you could just hold him to his average, or maybe even just a little below his average. Which is twenty, then then you're fine. You don't want him to go off and and have, you know, some night, you know, that he makes makes himself look like you know the number one draft pick in the entire world. Hold him at least to his average or below his average. You know, he's going to get his. You understand that, but you don't want him to just go off. And I agree with what you said, Tom. Or was it you, uh, Ryan? That uh, maybe it was Cam. That uh, you know, if we 
try to match their threes and we start missing them, that's not a good strategy. We just need to go to the basket, right? Right. That, that was me that was saying that. And, and uh, yeah, it, that's just don't get out of your offense and start doing things that are not beneficial to you. Uh, Auburn is. Auburn is not good. They have not shown that they're the type of team they can just race down the floor and fire up a three and hit it. Their threes come from their set plays where they get the ball moved around and they find the open shot. So if they hit a three, the worst thing you could possibly do is go down there and just chuck another three up without getting your offense set because you just, you're just you trying to match that three. You get yourself out of your offense. You get out of your rhythm. You're very likely, at least the way it seems like it's been going, you're going to miss that. Give Bama the ball right back because your guys have not even had a chance to get themselves set. So it's an easy rebound for Bama right down the floor. If they hit another three, then that's a 6-0 run right there. And, and so it's a waste, to me, it's a wasted possession when you just go down there and fire one up trying to match what they just did. It's an empty possession. It's a wasted possession, and you're playing right into Alabama's hands if you do that. Yeah, I think Auburn I fell. In, I think Auburn fell into the same trap in the first half against Ole Miss as well on Saturday. Uh, I, th- I think they were trying to match the pay- pace that Ole Miss was playing at, and and at halftime, whenever you know Trav Mazar gave gave his impassioned speech um, to to the rest of the team, I think they just figured out they just need to run and be themselves, and they were able to just methodically. They were able to play their defense and and lean on that and methodically work their way back into the game and then eventually take a larger lead and then really eventually start to dominate the game. So I, I think that's just really the key to what Auburn needs to do is it stay they need to stay within themselves. I'm also concerned about this guys. Uh, at least when I was watching uh, the game uh, at Coleman last uh, last uh, week, the second chance points. It seemed like almost un. You know, I was going crazy uh, that when, you know, we'd miss a shot or they would miss it, they were getting second-chance rebounds, and they were getting it, you know, consistently. Um, what's the strategy to not let that continue to happen this time around? Box out, give yeah. more effort on the boards. I mean, I, I We weren't think, doing that. What'd you say? They, they weren't doing that. They, they, no. No, I think – I mean, well, I, mean I think they need, they yeah, need I think to do really that. What they need this, to do. I yeah. mean, you know, Auburn's not – I won't say that they're the greatest rebounding team. They do have athletes, and Janai is big, so they should be able to just crash the boards and, and get a decent amount of these rebounds. It's really all that. Rebounding is something that really comes down to effort. Uh, if you really crash the the crash the boards, uh, you'll you'll be able to get a rebound. I would say seven times out of ten. Sometimes it just falls to the other team, or you know they just get an opportunistic second chance points. That'll just always happen because it is basketball, but. Other than that, it's really about effort. Or there's loose whistles going tonight, and then we get whistles for fouls. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't really predict that either. You you don't you'll see you'll you'll find out how the game is refed relatively early. It could switch up in the second half. It's happened before. You just gotta stay patient with that. You can't lose your temper. You can't lose your cool. You gotta just play with play within the game. How how the game's being called. Okay, who do you feel like needs to be a breakout? player tonight for Auburn uh I so Chad Baker Mazar needs to have another big game but the guy that I want to see and I mentioned it before is uh is Williams he did not have that great of a game that first time they played against Alabama if he can have one of those games like we've seen him where he goes off then Auburn is going to be in great shape because you just have to you you have to understand and if you're Bama you have to understand that Janai Broom is going to do his thing you get that 
I want to see Mazzara have a good game, but uh, but but Williams needs to have a, a big game. Like I think he only scored seven points. Yeah. In, in the last time they played each other, uh, I, I want to see him have one of those 15, 16 point games to right. go along with everything else, and Auburn should be in good shape. Okay. Now I I see no issue with who you pick. I would also pick Denver Jones. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I could agree with that. Well, he can change. He can change things if he if he gets hot from three, then he can really change a lot of things. And I mean, I that's that's what he is. That's what he's good at, and they need that. So yeah, you get him hot. That's going to do some big things. Now, guys, the last uh, game last week uh, that we played down at Coleman Coliseum, there was a total of about 150 some points. I think tonight's total is 163 and a half. I think that's kind of high. Or do you see it differently? Right, so uh, I think the line is it's still five and a half for Auburn. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what you're looking at there would be something like uh, 84.79, something in there. Uh, that would be 163. I I see that I, I kind of see that when I get to my official prediction, I I have it just slightly above that. So um, you do see that, even though the the game went under around 155 points. Uh, last week, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I think mainly Auburn's going to score. Uh, period. And Alabama, despite Auburn's really good defense, Alabama's a team that scores kind of period. Uh, they just they just do. They're at ninety points a game, eighty nine point nine to be exact. So um, they're going to score even with good defense. I think that they'll probably score about the same amount they did in Coleman. Um, but because also too they they want to play fast like that's not a team that just kind of sits and, and lets themselves slow way down they want a lot of possessions again it's it's the new age thought of offensive basketball a lot of threes a lot of layups and and speed and tempo so even on the road i think they're going to be trying to jack some quick threes up and and, and get out and transition so yeah i see a lot of possessions in this game also i'll tell you this too I mean, Alabama got really hot early in that game. That did not continue. They, they for the game, did not finish at some unrepeatable number. They were only 38.2% from the floor, uh, and they did finish around their average of 36.7% from three. But So that, that is still a very repeatable uh, number for them. Okay. And finally, gentlemen, going to Major League Baseball, Bleach Report, I say caught my attention, said the saddest team Major League Baseball. Who do you think they're referring to? Oakland Athletics. Yes. Why? Why, Ryan? Uh, now they've got the Las Vegas mayor unsure if they yeah. should even be moving over there. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. He apparently doesn't want them to come in. He said he wants them to go back to Oakland. Here's his quote. I personally think the A's have got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true. And I didn't know that uh, apparently um, he's not a fan of the A's $1.5 billion stadium plan. But in the meantime, I said, what? What were these people thinking who have all this money? They don't have a plan for where they're going to be playing from 2025 to 2027. How is that, that even uh, plausible, guys? These guys who, who own these teams, they uh, kind of overlooked that bit of information? Yeah, I, I think that, A, you just worry about getting from point A to point C, and you don't think about point B. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the mayor uh, of Las Vegas – uh, certainly tried to walk back some of that on Twitter after she said that on a podcast. But, uh, you know, when you've got the, the mayor, because I'll tell you this, having to walk back it or not, when she is kind of saying, hey, I don't know if they've thought this through and, 
you know, we don't really know if this is a good thing and that maybe they should stay in Oakland. I, I can't recall mayors of cities kind of declining the opportunity to get a big three sports right. franchise like that. That is, that is a scathing, uh, you know, re- rebuke of the Oakland Athletics right now. So uh, I, this saga is clearly not, not done. Uh, Oakland, obviously, um, they, they're in hot water because I'll tell you this, once you announce you're leaving, you kind of need to leave. Yeah, those, those, how do you go back? Exactly. Those fans will not take you back. They already absolutely hated the fact that you didn't spend any money, that the, the stadium was a wreck, you never paid any players, you weren't that good, you traded anyone that got good. Like, like I, I don't think there's a path for them to stay in Oakland anymore. So, see, now they, go? Now they, I don't, you see, now they, they get in no some danger. Home. <laughs> now they get in some danger. Homeless it's, baseball it's team. It's not too much unlike what's happening in the NHL with the, with the Arizona Coyotes, yeah. who do not have a lease agreement on their current uh, stadium, I think, beyond this year. I think they're having to play all over the place. Uh, trying to get a new stadium yep. funded because they've got no yeah. support in Arizona whatsoever, and probably they're going to end up having to move, if I had to guess, unless I, they get a stadium plan that I'm just not familiar with at the time. So I read Salt Lake City was a So, guys, let me ask you this, and I'm being also sarcastic. Yeah. Can, can you rent a city? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it, it surely will be interesting as to uh, where they will end up. Um yeah, that that's just not a good look. The, the only the way A's, they could, man. I mean, look, MLB is looking at expansion right now. This is a time where the NBA is looking at it, MLB is looking at it. That's why we've talked last summer. I'm sure our conversations will continue about it this summer and the possibilities of Nashville, the possibilities of Charlotte, the possibility of Salt Lake. Uh, and, and what could end up happening is either just one of those western cities ends up getting the, the A's and it's not Las Vegas, or – uh, in an effort to try to prove that you can be sustainable, maybe one of those Western cities like Salt Lake would be willing to take them on for a couple of years while they build a, a park somewhere else. Again, that's not uh, – there are cons to that because it's not maybe a true uh, representation of what a fanship would be like for a team that is only in that city. Uh, but if you show that you can – uh, house a team basically for a couple of years, maybe MLB would, would look more favorably on it as, as proof like they can do that. I don't know. But uh, it's not a good situation for Oakland at all in any way. Well, I'm glad. I don't want to worry myself about that nonsense. So uh, tonight, guys, I hope you all have a enjoyable time there. And, uh, gosh, I hope this is not a nail-biter nail because uh, the nail-biters usually typically don't go our way. But I'll be watching the game. I've got my meds ready. And uh, with that said, y'all have a safe afternoon and evening. And uh, Warrior, guys. Warrior, you'll see. Appreciate that phone call. That is retired Wardam Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. About one minute left. Before we end this first hour, again, coming up in the next couple of hours, we'll have um, some sports business news. I got some college game day news to report. Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, in uh, just a little bit, uh, we've got uh, a couple other. Uh, Auburn stuff to go with in, in terms of a, another recruit uh, that will be um, joining the, the mix for 2025 uh, and a couple other uh, news stories there. So a lot to go over there. Also, again, more breakdown of Auburn and uh, Alabama as they get set for a very important one on the hardwood tonight. So still got 
a lot more ahead there. I uh, do want to remind you that uh, we uh, just had Borgard High School basketball in our airs, airwaves the last couple of days. The girls did advance into the area tournament. Hopefully we can find a time uh, or hopefully uh, the game time will match up with something we can air. Uh, otherwise, we will be on to high school baseball and softball season with Borgard and Smith Station. So we'll let you know when those schedules come out across our family of radio stations. Of course, we are out of time for hour number one. If you want to give us a call today, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Again, more basketball, football, and everything in between coming up after this. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app, or if you listen after the fact, on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry with you here. On this Wednesday, T.P. Hammock running the board and taking your phone calls. I, if you were listening closely, I definitely seemed addled at the end of the first hour, and that was because I was trying to digest some news simultaneously while thinking about it's when true, it needs did. to be gotten to, if I should say it in that moment, wait till the break. We waited till the break. Now we have news for you. Uh, for Auburn as they – okay, I'm not going to say finally because it was technically completed last week until it wasn't. And you never know when things change. But hopefully, maybe, possibly, sort of, the end of the cycle for Auburn's coaching carousel and their and their defensive staff, their entire staff for football, as they have made a defensive line coach higher in the term uh, in the in the form of Vontrell King Williams. Uh, a little bit about Vontrell King Williams. He uh, assisted Jeremy Garrett on this year's staff at Auburn. He had worked at Eastern Michigan in the past, but he also had some background with Hugh F- uh, Freeze spending a couple years at Liberty, a very young guy uh, who was just playing college ball as recently as 2014. Uh, so getting his first kind of defensive line or first big-time coaching assignment about 10 years after his uh, his college career ended and so Vontrell King-Williams is going to be the hire to replace Jeremy Garrett, who, of course, left for 
the Jacksonville Jaguars. Steve had asked, or this had been brought up a little bit in the first hour, I guess, and uh, Tom, you talked about that you were hearing uh, that it would be someone like this, and probably this guy in particular, and, yep. and there you go, it's Fontrell King-Williams. Yeah. Uh, my, my understanding is uh, – well, so, first of all, on the surface, it feels – I, I want to say underwhelming just because of some of the names that were out there, like Rodney Garner and some of those. But my understanding is the players absolutely love this guy. Uh, he is a player's coach. Uh, he's the type of guy that just gets after it, and the players absolutely love him. And so now you bring him into the on-field role. And, yeah, while it's not the name, a big-name guy that was out there, it's a guy that Hugh Freeze obviously trusts very much. It's a guy that the players love, and time to get after it. Uh, I mean, so that, I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know what else more to say. I mean, if, if it's a guy that the players are all behind and, and absolutely love and want to play for, then that's the type of guy that you want out there coaching him. Yeah, absolutely. The guy you want out there coaching him. Uh, if he has their support and Hugh, uh, and, uh, Hugh Free supports him as well, I mean, those are the two that, that you know, uh, are, are very important to have on board with you. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll see how the results play out on the field. Uh, but uh, a, a young hire, somebody um, that I guess you know is said to be up and coming. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And uh, yeah, not a big name, but you know, you know, not everybody needs to be a big name. But as long as you produce quality on the field, at the end of the day, that is all that matters. And look, I can make an argument that uh, every single position coach is is very important. Um, but I do think that if you're looking in the short-term lens of the program and what uh, needs to make a clear improvement, uh, I, I would think that defensive line would be involved in that here uh, in the next year or two because uh, when you think back to last year's team, obviously a lot of the offensive stuff needed work, but defensively the one thing Auburn could not do very consistently was generate pass rush. Uh, they were just not adept at that. They held their own more than I thought they would uh, in rush defense, so you give defensive line credit for that, although big reason for that is Marcus Harris. He is now uh, gone. He actually, by the way, got invited to the NFL Combine yesterday, so, so good for Marcus Harris. But uh, you lose him, uh, and you still need to figure out exactly what your rotation is going to look like see if any of those freshmen factor in Auburn brought in two transfers in the portal already Gage Keys out of Kansas DeAndre Trill Carter out of Texas with a viable playing experience there in the Big 12 who I, I believe at least one if not both will end up playing a good bit uh, so there's a lot of reshaping to do up front and improvements to be made in the defensive line. Also, with just with the knowledge that you lost a lot of back-end players, so there's going to have to be a lot of development in the back-end. I don't know if there's one particular group that you're just absolutely in love with right now. Uh, maybe the linebacking, linebacking room, you got a couple more vets like Eugene Asante coming back there. But, uh, but I would say that, again, just about everything on defense is going to need to be well coached this offseason and into the fall or else there could be, there could be some drop-off there. And obviously <laughs> what we saw last year, if there's not major improvement in the offense, that's going to be a huge problem. Uh, so anyway, I think that this is an important hire. Um, Again, it's someone that, uh, as we noted, has already worked with Hugh Freeze a little bit in the past, even though it's not in this capacity. And and clearly when you look at the totality of Auburn staff, Freeze wanted to get uh, familiar with some of these guys. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I think here 
again, it's about the development of the next year or two because they will need to be able to take some of these young edge guys that they got in the recruiting class and, and, and get them going pretty early, uh, like a Jamonte Waller or somebody like that, but then also – or a, Mar- a Maris Williams. Right. Um, but then also um, they've got to be able to get something out of Gage Keys and then Trill Carter or someone like that uh, right now, hopefully build on Jay McLeod's season when McLeod got healthier. Again, there's, there's stuff there that can be productive, but it will be important to develop that rather quickly and, and make strides across that defensive front. So, again, uh, the news we're talking about right now, uh, Vontrell King-Williams is now Auburn's defensive line coach. Again, the background, uh, he was on Auburn staff. Just as kind of a defensive line assistant this year to Jeremy Garrett, who had high praise of him. And then in years prior – uh, he was at Eastern Michigan for a stint. He was at Liberty for a stint with Hugh Freeze for two years. And prior to that, he was also at Eastern Michigan for another stint there. So uh, kind of bouncing around there, but has worked with Freeze a couple of years in the past. And again, was a part of Auburn's program last year, uh, assisting Jeremy Garrett. So that's the hire for uh, Auburn's defensive line with Vontrell King-Williams right there. Also, while we're talking Auburn, we're talking football, let's go ahead and give you a moment on – uh, the, the player that Auburn did pick up yesterday in the recruiting world, uh, not anything to do with 2024's class. Again, the 2024 class uh, really was finalized once Ryan Williams did not commit to Auburn. That, that was pretty much the last thing Auburn was waiting on. Uh, however, the work continues on to 2025 in the recruiting cycle. So Auburn picked up another three-star tight end yesterday, uh, Hollis Davidson out of McIntosh High School in Peachtree City, Georgia, 6'6", which is a size I love for a tight end. Uh, three-star by two of the sites is a four-star on Rivals. Uh, so we'll see what the what the consensus becomes once we get into the actual 2024 season and we start to – how these recruiting services change some of the rankings. But he, he grades out in the aggregate as the number 500 player in the country, number 28 tight end. But, again, as on rivals, he is high, as high, excuse me, as the number nine tight end. So we'll see if there's more line of agreement. Of course, Auburn already has a tight end commit, Ryan uh, Gaya. Or Ryan Gay from uh, from Alpharetta, Georgia, another three-star tight end. Again, four on Rivals. Rivals seems to be loving Auburn's tight ends there. Um, but uh, he's rated a little bit higher. He's rated in the aggregates the number 23 tight end. So, uh, again, to update you on Auburn's 2025 class, uh, number nine class in the country right now. Uh, and they've now got eight players committed for 2025. Antonio Coleman is the now highest rated. He is out of Sarah Land, four-star defense alignment. you got Ja'Caleb Falk, who is also a four-star player, consensus four-star guy out of Highland Home. Jordan Crawford, big 6'1", 315 defense alignment out of Parker High School in Birmingham. Malik Autry from just down the load at Opelika High School, 6'5", 285. I will say, while I mentioned Malik Autry, I have noticed a couple of other teams have been visiting Malik Autry recently. I think Ole Miss and UCF have been in Malik Autry's house uh, recently, so uh, we'll see if that recruitment stays uh, stays there. Kalen Edwards, 6'4", 325, defensive lineman out of Dyersburg, Tennessee. Of course, Ryan Gay out of Alpharetta, Georgia, the tight end. Hollis Davidson, the newly uh, committed tight end out of McIntosh, Peachtree City, three-star tight end. And then Spencer Dallin, three, th- uh, three-star, 6'6", 290, 
offensive tackle out of Athens. Again, that's the 2025 guys committed so far. And you hear there are a lot of guys kind of around the lines of scrimmage. A lot of defensive linemen, edge rusher, uh, uh, the tight ends there. Again, you got no DBs, no running backs, no quarterbacks, no wide receivers right now. They're very focused <laughs> on those lines of scrimmage there with the early commitments in 2025. Yeah. Got to keep, keep that line of scrimmage up. That's, that's a must. You, you got to do that. Um, the, the one right now out of that 2025 that I – obviously very early in this but one to keep an eye out on is Antonio Coleman from Sarah Land uh, just recently made a visit to Alabama Uh, Alabama is going to push and push and push to flip him and now you've got his teammate Ryan Williams uh, at Bama you know he's going to have a lot to say about it and uh, you know watching the uh, watching the the uh, Alabama state championship game Antonio Coleman's really really good uh, he's one you want to hold on to, but that I have a feeling that's going to be a, an Auburn-Alabama battle all the way through signing day, so keep an eye on that. Obviously, these other guys, teams are going to try to flip them, but I, out of all of it right now, and Antonio Coleman's one that uh, I'm not as confident about right now, like I said, especially with him just making a visit to Bama and knowing that Ryan Williams is there. But hopefully uh, with the staff in place, they can start working on holding on to these guys and – obviously recruiting more guys in here but uh you know they're gonna have their work cut out uh hanging on to some of these guys well and if you want to read the the tea leaves there i mean you, i just told you how many defensive line are committed including malik autry who i yeah. said i've i've noticed has been taking uh visits from right. other schools and well what just left on the defensive line coach jeremy garrett so right. uh we'll see if the familiarity here with uh, the new hire of Ontrell King Williams again, as he was on the staff again, probably not much of a role at all recruiting these kids because you know not the actual position coach there was more of an analyst. But uh, we'll see if that helps them at all with that retention. But yeah, it is interesting that you you go through it. You got three or four defensive linemen already committed for twenty five, and the very last coach you lost at the very end of this uh, carousel process was in fact your defensive line coach. So of course you got a year. Before, before these kids, 9, 10, 11 months where these kids actually lock it in. Uh, so you, you never really know with, with all of it, but uh, a long time to have to and, hold on to some and, of these guys. And the upcoming football season will also have – it will play a, a, a part in some of that. You know, does Alabama have a steep drop-off from, from Nick Saban to DeBoer? Uh, is Auburn on the rise? That's one thing that these kids are going to be looking at. Yeah, uh, so there will be a lot uh, that obviously will have to come towards – the fall we need to take our first time out here of the four o'clock hour back with more sports call right after this timeout don't want to call into the show send us your thoughts via email You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Brian LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. TP Hammock is running the board, taking your phone calls. All right, something I wanted to get into today. Again, just a couple bits of news that happened right as the show was ending yesterday because we had a shortened show yesterday. We got off air around this time, about 430 the last couple of days. So there was the Auburn football commitment news with the tight end. We told you about that. But there was also some sports business news, which is very, very, very interesting. And you know I am a sucker for sports business news. But this is more than just the diehards like me that are obsessed with the $2.5 million suites in Vegas or uh, how much it costs to build a stadium, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, There was some programming news yesterday that ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery are entering into a joint venture to provide a streaming service come the fall of this year. Hopefully you guys did see this news. Uh, This is a potentially huge thing. Now, there are some pitfalls we'll talk about in just a second. But again, essentially what this means is all the offerings of these three parent companies which have a lot of sports uh, are going to be joined into one digestible uh, service basically so uh, you've got ESPN, ESPN2 ESPNU, SEC Network ACC Network, ESPN News and ABC as owned by ESPN you've got Fox, FS1, FS2 and Big Ten Network owned by Fox and then you've got TNT, TBS, True TV as well as ESPN Plus, obviously TNT, TBS, True TV are uh, from Turner. So, what this means is you can now have the option to pay one fee, one uh, whatever per month for all that conglomerate programming, and as if it is another type of cables like structure, another streaming like structure. Now, that would be all you get. It would not be any other channels there it would be those channels those sports providers basically but if you're someone that does not watch the other types of tv food network hgtv discovery history whatever uh you would watch that would be outside the sports world this might be something to be interested in the problem is it is it is just these three big companies and yes they're big companies and there's three of them however this would not include NBC Universal so that means no NBC no Peacock and this does not include CBS Viacom which of course would be a little bit less impactful for SEC football fans now that it's no longer the SEC on CBS it's now Big 10 and, and stuff on CBS but that does mean you would miss out on some NCAA tournament and probably most importantly to the larger populace as a whole you would miss out on the CBS offering of NFL uh, each and every Sunday and including you know this in time you would in fact miss the Super Bowl however of course the Super Bowl rotates and there you go it's on CBS this year it shouldn't be in the next couple of years so uh, guys when you've got this situation how much does this intrigue you to be able to have all of these different uh, sports programming providers in one place 
Oh, it sounds like a, a pain, honestly, <laughs> low-key. <laughs> it's thinking. just another thing that's gonna somebody's gonna have to pay for and yeah, like it, it does include a lot of things that just say for example, me or you, like the like the over the top sports person that watches all that stuff would watch, but then you lose you miss out on the CBS, you miss out on, you know, some of the NCAA tournament, you miss out on right. certain other things that ends up you're like, Well, I can't watch that. That's great. It's now, not quite it's, comprehensive right, it's, enough. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly not quite. It's almost Yep. Almost, but it's not, and that's the frustrating part about it. Because it's like so close and and we're almost getting right back to <laughs> to cable yeah which is hilarious yep. like it's like a it's almost like we're coming back full circle to cable but it's just going to be streaming version of it and i find that just objectively hilarious that we're getting right back to where we started um but here we are i digress it'll just be a little bit more expensive and we'll we'll probably a lot bit more expensive honestly mm-hmm. and then we'll be back right right back where we started so um yeah i just think it's just kind of a pain i i am frustrated that they're doing all this stuff because it's just it's just never enough you know it's just it never ends where it's just something else is being added a price is being raised this and this are teaming up and it's all very very annoying and frustrating to me tom yeah I'm the same way. I, it's just it, it seems like they're just doing too much. I'm sorry to sound like like I really wow. do, I, okay. I, I'm sorry yeah. to sound like an old man, but I miss basic cable. I do. I, I well, I am an old man, and that's <laughs> I yes. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of streaming. It's this, so that, and annoying. Like, I I don't I <laughs> I don't so like it. Annoying. I don't. I'm not into all the streaming this and streaming that. And I'm like man, just just give me my sports. Yes, just give, just me my, give me my just sports. Give me my sports. Thank you. Don't make just me give ha- me my stuff. Don't make me have to go and search for this and pay for this and just give me my sports on TV, please, and, like and stop jerking me around. And, oh, what just, what yeah. do you think it will cost? What would you pay for it? I I'm I not read, paying anything. I read somewhere that it was going to be around forty dollars a month. Okay, well which, then you cheated. But I was I, I didn't oh, I didn't know if you I, did, I didn't know if you'd seen it or not. That's why I was asking what you thought it. Would I did cost. cheat. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I wouldn't pay that. I'm sorry. I just forty See, bucks a but here, month. Here's man. I know it's getting I, a lot of my stuff. But go, I, ahead, go ahead, make your case, right? I already don't pay for the streaming. The, you know, streaming this that. If a game is on the streaming and it's like a team that I want to watch again, I just don't watch it. I'll follow it on Twitter. Or I'll follow along. I'm not going to pay money to do that. I just I I'm you. just not. So I don't. again, I the you. thought here. Just explain. I feel like I'm going to have to defend it. I guess. Um, oh, go ahead. I mean, just is the thought it, I mean, here yeah, is that it's a replacement for your total TV provider. If you're someone that does not watch anything but sports, instead of paying sixty or seventy or eighty dollars for whatever it is, YouTube TV or Spectrum or right. whatever, you pay probably in the thirties or forties is where this is going to come out. And for all the sports content, and you basically get rid of, you know, again, the animal planets of the world and the right. food networks of the world. Now, for some people, you know, if you even watch 5% of your time Food Network, like my parents are sports obsessed, but my dad loves cooking. He will still watch Food Network. Uh, they will still watch HGTV, even though they absolutely love their house. Like, they just will do that. Hey, and so for them. Gay. They have some good programming. <laughs> there. I will, and, and Food Network is is some good sure, stuff. Sure. So for them, like, they're probably not going to do this because they do want the comprehensive offering of what right. cable or, or a streaming package like YouTube TV provides. But 
for someone like me, this is this is getting really close to being perfect for me. The problem is, as you said, Cam, I am so much into everything right. that I would still miss out on a couple Something. of things exactly. that are very important here. So then, is it is, so, it, is at the end of the day, is it really beneficial? Is it right. really better? It, it, for I could see people like this is targeted to. I think college football people, yes, would have a field day with this Love for it. the most part. Now, again, you miss a little Big Ten, right, with CBS and NBC. But if you're down here and yeah, you care about the SEC here. and you've got all your ESPNs Boom. here, you got it. You're you're so well off here. Um, you know, I think that for look, here's another tough one. It's going to be tough for baseball or for uh, teams you follow. In a regional sports yeah. network. Yep. Because what will happen to the Bally Sports of the world? Now, A, what will happen to Bally Sports, period, <laughs> because they're going bankrupt. But uh, B, you know, if you are a Hawks fan and you're in Georgia or you're in right. most of Alabama, uh, you will not be able to see the Hawks. And you won't be able to see them, I don't think, period, right. because you can't watch them on a league pass nope. because you're locally zoned for yep. you need that provider. So you yep. have to pay whatever Bally wants you to pay so for their annoying. app. So that's the issue here is that if you love a local team, so for, so for Cam, it's all the Atlanta teams. For me, it's the Braves. You wouldn't you wouldn't have that in this. You'd have to get that separately. Well, just having to do one or two things separately will get you to the price point sure. of which it will then come out even, and then you might as well just have everything in in case. Here here's another thing, and this is on a on a business aspect of the thing of like businesses that uh host these games and watch parties like a like a buffalo wild wings or something like that oh see so here so here's the thing when you run into that because it's it's me working in a business uh i don't know if the streaming would do the same thing but i know for like with the pay-per-views and things like that those those tv companies they charge you per television that is in that business now i'd be curious to know in that streaming aspect of things are they going to charge Again, Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't, how many TV? How many TVs are in that See, place? For, and it, and if they go into a route to where, yeah, you do the streaming thing, but we're going to charge you per every television that is in there. That, that's that's crazy. Well, so I would say that you would probably be a different circumstance because I think that they would have some national agreement with a national sports bar, but then you as the local. A business, you would be more victimized by right. it because they would you would not have a deal cut. You see right. what I'm saying? Like no, Buffalo yeah, yeah. Wild Wings would probably get a deal cut to it's just in there. It's in there. It's just in there. But I'm just using them as an example. Mm-hmm. But there's other right. places. You know, right. your other quote unquote any sport, local sports your, bar, your, any your sports bar, bar yeah. that has multiple televisions, you may end up seeing them getting charged per television that is in there. And so what you may end up having is these sports bars will not have these games on. Uh, right. They they'll they'll just play whatever that would they be bad yeah, yeah they'll just they'll play whatever they can have on their uh, cable or whatever it is and so you may not be able to go to the to a sports bar to watch your game if it's on that streaming but, if those bars are getting charged outrageous amounts of money for that let me play dumb here for a second though is that not already kind of how it works because if you even if you got the cable even if you all got Spectrum do you have to pay for all those boxes for all those different TVs. Well, I mean, I, so, so like at Fat Daddy's, there's two boxes, and so yeah, I mean, you pay, but that's just like at your house, you you pay per the box that you have. Right. Now, 
if a business has 12 different cable boxes then yeah they're having to pay for 12 different ones but that but typically that's not the case i think most you might have three maybe four right. so you're paying one but you'll have multiple televisions per those boxes but if gotcha. they, but typically with that streaming if they follow the same thing that you do with like your pay-per-views and things like that they charge you per television per, not per gotcha. box but per gotcha. television that that is on okay and i don't know if that's how that streaming would go with those types of places but uh, I could see that being a thing. So, but here's the other thing too: is this is not going to just replace or, or or make it not available on other places. This is you could still have it on Spectrum or on Dish or on whatever device or service, YouTube TV, whatever, because they still have agreements with all those companies, right? Now, maybe in the future, if this does well enough, maybe they would axe it. But the whole point of of how these cable companies and how these channels, like, they want to be seen. If you're ESPN, you're Fox, CBS, whatever, you want to be seen by as many eyeballs as possible. That is how you generate ad revenue, is you go to an advertiser and you say, you will be in this many amount of households, this many people watch our product that's the whole point of ratings and that sort of thing it's why some some people like us you, d- you don't have to care about them at all but for the tv company you have to care about them immensely because that's how you get your advertisers to pay top dollar and that sort of thing that's why super bowl ads cost i think two million dollars no it's more than that eight million dollars for 30 seconds I saw that somewhere. I'll look it back up when we're doing our Super Bowl preview the next day or two. But you charge multi-million dollars for 30 seconds is because you've got more eyeballs. So these companies are not going to disable the ability to still have YouTube TV. They're not going to take their stuff off the spectrum or anything like that. It's just this is one another way to offer it to people that, oh, I didn't want to pay 70 for cable because I only care about like five sports channels. But I'll pay 35 for these sports channels because this is all I care about, and this is a more digestible price for me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Michelle sent me a message, and it brings up the question: uh, the individual co- uh, the individual cost of the internet through the provider that you have available, then you pay per streaming service. So you, you're you're talking about the the in, the your internet provider, and then you add on to that. It's just a. It's, it's too much. It's There's, just too complicated. Well, is, I mean, so you're saying you'd be a. It's right now a bundled, bundled cost right now with internet and TV. Uh, I mean, it makes it cheaper. For, I mean, for yeah. yeah, I mean, for a lot yeah. of people, it's bundled together. Yeah, right. Well, I okay, but again, what I'm telling you is that you will still be able to do that. Like this is just adding. Yeah. This is not. Look, their goal is going to get to be a lot of subscribers so that they can replace it one day. Right, but. For now, it's still going to be everyone else that offers it still offers it. You won't have to change. This is just a different this is a different menu item. We didn't get rid of the twelve ounce right. sirloin, but now we've got a sixteen ounce ribeye. And maybe you like <laughs> ribeye cut better than sirloin. Or maybe we've got a New York strip now. Like right. I, like it's just hey, a different type of thing. It, it may be one of those things that once it's in place, I again I'm you know, I'm old school. I I am not big into the technology and the things on how different streaming this and streaming that works. I just don't do that stuff. I turn my TV on and I flip to whatever I have. I don't want to have to go out of my way to do more just to watch. Oh no! Hey, look, 
So that that's aggravating to me. Now, once it gets into place, and maybe it is easier to do that, and it's like, okay, I, I you know I didn't like this at first, but now that I'm doing it, it's like I get it. You know, I'm cool with it. Uh, but I just I don't know. Yeah, I just I don't I, I don't like change. Get okay, off well, my grass. Look again. I, <laughs> look, I will. If you want to go back to the 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 Garden of Eden, so to speak, in TV. <laughs> I agree. Cable is still the best thing, and trying to get away from it sucks. Right. Like I, I agree with that. We had it right. I don't know why we're trying that. Why we have to start actively doing it to where it's more complicated on everybody. I, I, I agree with that. However, that's just. I hate using the sentence, but it is true because I can't do anything to fight it. Is that's the way that they're making it head, no matter what. Right. You know, and so it's like, well. Are you going to make me get 10 different services where I've got to have ESPN Plus and whatever a Fox product would be, whatever a CBS product would be, and whatever an NBC product would be, or can you put them all in one place for me? Again, that's called cable, but now we're having to do it in a streaming sense, so I want the same setup streaming-wise to where you have everything you need in one place and not have to have a Peacock subscription and seven other seven that nine dollar a month leeches that then make it more than cable anyway so again i that that's why it interested me because it is the first thing i've seen where also just if you wanted if i just wanted to go this angle wait espn and fox are going to work together on anything like they they constantly negotiate all these tv rights against each other and they're going to actually be okay with sharing a platform like that's that's pretty absurd at, at, at face value um, but but look again i I've, I've been reading into this a lot espn like espn wants its own platform its own streaming platform where it's not just espn plus that's available on an app it's linear espn available and the way you are you would have to consume it is to have a subscription to that and that's what i want to fight because again if you're reading into the deep dark secrets of this there could be a day where espn is trying to make you go to just their streaming app or just their service and that they are not offered on this other sort of stuff and uh again they'd have to have a, a really great uh confidence of their followership because again you're you're jeopardizing the amount of eyeballs you could put on it but it it's again this is the first time i have seen these sides try to work together and again i will probably even though i'm more i'm certainly more i think i don't know welcoming or or attentive to it than you guys are. I'm still not even telling you I would subscribe because I just told you they don't have CBS Viacom, so there's no NFL, there's no golf. Yes, I do still like golf on a Sunday in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, and, uh, you know, there w- you would miss some NCAA tournament games, you'd miss some NFL. And then NBC, for me personally, they still have half of the NASCAR schedule. Yeah. And so for... 95% of sports fans, that fine. They like take that or leave it. For me, no. I watch almost every lap of every race. Like I'm, I'm there every. I'm <laughs> the 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 Killian Mbappe thing. I'll be there no matter what. Uh, that that's me with 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 NASCAR. So um, I would probably not do this either unless it was cheap enough to where you could add one or two add-ons and then get to the fifty or sixty dollar price point. And then it's a little cheaper, maybe ten, fifteen dollars a month cheaper which adds up over time but 
Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's something to watch. I'm going to be fascinated to see how many people sign up to it, see what the actual price is. Again, if it's in the 40s, 50 range, probably not. If it's in the 30s, we'll have a conversation. <laughs> we'll have a conversation about it. But uh, in any anyway, uh, interesting sports business news there with how uh, some programming is going to operate in the fall. We're going to head to our next timeout of Sports Call. We'll be back right after this. call crew wants to hear from you give us a phone call at 334-887-3401 this is andy bertram voice of the auburn tigers and you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday afternoon as we get set for Auburn, Alabama. Just had a good conversation uh, about the future of the networks and uh, that sort of thing. And I always love the sports business stuff. And the, I remember the Spectrum stuff at the beginning of football season uh, had us all riled up, and we were talking then about it. So uh, at least this is not taking things away from people. <laughs> right, it right. is just simply giving you a different kind of offering. Let's head back to our orthopedic clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Austin from Auburn. Austin is with us. Austin, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How about that hot key still works? I wasn't sure that it was still in the system. <laughs> oh, we know. You, you know we're always going to keep you on there. That's good to hear. Well, I am on my way to Montgomery for the AISA Final Four uh, and just wanted to give a shout-out to our friend Noah Gardner with Trinity Eagles playing tomorrow. I know that he's excited to play in the Final Four. But on the topic of basketball, I know you guys have probably already been talking about it, but I wanted to hear from each of you who is the key Auburn player tonight in order to get the win from the guys across the state today. Yeah, uh, so let's start with uh, Cam. You go first. You give me a player. Yeah, I think it's going to be Trey Donaldson. Honestly, I've uh, been playing some fantastic point guard play over the last couple weeks. Also, hey Austin, miss you, buddy. <laughs> What's up? Um, I think Trey is really going to be the key. He's been running the offense so well. Uh, even with the second unit, he was running the offense so fantastic. Um, I think he's going to be the key to just kind of keep everybody settled, keep everything going, uh, and really be able to facilitate and 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 run the offense to the way that Bruce Pearl likes it. And uh, I think he's going to be absolutely key and instrumental uh, for this game and going down the stretch for the season. Tom, you got a player for tonight? I uh, I I mean I I like Chad Becker Mazzara. Uh, I I think if I think if he can if he can have one of those eruption type games, then that's going to be big for them. Uh, Janai Broom, that's kind of the easy pick because you don't want him to have yeah. an off night, but that's too easy of a pick to say you got to have him. You do got to have him, but I think uh, Baker Mazzara can have one of those explode-type nights that really 
pushes Auburn over the edge. And and I'll go with someone different too, just to, to keep it running here. I I'll go Denver Jones because I think that he and maybe I'll even go this position in general, Denver Jones slash Katie Johnson, because they are going to be the ones guarding Mark Sears a lot. Uh, and also Auburn needs at least one of those guys to hit a couple of big momentum threes tonight. And uh, that's obviously something Auburn did not do well against Alabama, 5 of 25 from three. We've, we have mentioned that earlier. But usually one of those guys, either Denver because he is not – uh, usually a guy that looks for a shot too much, so if he is is hitting some threes and being aggressive early, that is usually a good thing. And then obviously for KD, we know he hits one shot, and then the rabid jackal is, is present and uh, getting the crowd pumped up. So I think that shooting guard position will be very important, both trying to hit a couple jumpers, but then also uh, tasked with guarding Mark Sears. Uh, the other thing I, I want to say is I hope I don't see Auburn do, is I hope I don't see Leor Berman trying to cover Sears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that makes total sense, and I couldn't agree more with you guys, and I'm hoping for a big one tonight. I will say I I think the jungle will be big tonight. I'm glad that we'll be in an arena where lights work, and uh, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing how that atmosphere is. I told some of my friends earlier this week as I saw the tent setting up, 21-year-old me says that would have been so much fun. 28-year-old me me now says, oh, I'm so glad that I am not in school attending basketball games uh, with how it is now, but... It's sure to be a raucous environment. Hey, it's always good to talk to you guys. I always value your insight. Uh, cluck up, and uh, we'll talk to you <laughs> later. Cluck up. Yes. Appreciate you, Austin. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. You drive safe to Montgomery. Uh, that is Austin joining us from Auburn on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Of course, Love we used guy. to used to be able to chop it up with Austin on this show uh, from time to time, and uh, his Lee Scott Warriors headed down there uh, for the, the state state playoffs there in Montgomery, so wish uh, wishes Lee Scott Warriors well. Uh, and, and, yeah, I think that uh, I agree with that sentiment. It was a blessing and a curse that uh, Austin and I are the same age, basically, and we were at school at the same time and got to go to those first few Bruce Pearl years. And, look, the excitement had certainly been building at that point, but it was not to the point of, of no. hints. Uh, it, well, you did have to line up before a game, and, and you had to get there before uh, – before the, the gates open for a lot of SEC games and that sort of stuff. But obviously it was not till our uh, fourth year at Auburn because it was also Bruce Pearl's fourth year that Auburn really got the thing rolling. Uh, and it started to become a, a very hot ticket because of the success, not just because of the hope uh, of the program turnaround. So I'm, I'm with him there. Uh, whereas, yes, we would have absolutely participated in some of that if we were a student. But uh, it's not like it's still the – you know, most fun thing in the world to be 35, 40 degree, 1 a.m., um, sleeping in a tent. You know, I mean, like, uh, again, it's something as a student. For them. Huh? They huh? brought heaters for them. Well, that's, that's crazy. Well, that's clutch. And they brought donuts last night. They took care of them. They took care of them. But I'm just last saying, year like, they did pizza. I'm just saying some classes were missed this morning. Classes were 100% missed. Are you kidding me? And and I'll tell you, I mean, so I was a student here in 99 when when all the Chris Porter and and Mamadou Njai and and got up to number two in the country, I think. we never camped out, but I mean, we would we would literally get there, try to be at the front door of Beardy's Coliseum in the line eight hours before the game. I mean, we were never there 24 hours before the game, but we would do that. Yeah, eight if it hours. was same day, yeah. yeah, you were going. You know, we'd we'd stand, we'd try to be up there at the front uh, at least eight hours before the game because they'd open the door and it was like a mad dash to get to where you wanted to be, and we were always right behind one of the goals, and and there's a whole group of us that. That was kind of our spot, so it'd be this mad dash in there. 
So, yeah, I mean, we would do that, and that was fun. But, yeah, I mean, uh, camping out in a tent and having to, like, do all that, I don't know. But I have a feeling in 99 we would have done it if that was a thing. Right. Sure. I feel that. Sure. I, I could probably agree to that sentiment as well. Let's go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line. we got time for one more call here in hour number 2, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-889-TIGER-9. Next up, Daryl from Auburn. Daryl is with us. Daryl, how are you this afternoon? Oh, pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I live for the present, but I always uh, uh, relish the past. Uh, one is before streaming and cable and uh, I think radio is one of the best mediums for the money that I pay for. Uh, of course. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not totally ignorant. I do go library for Internet access. But uh, my life is so much simpler with all that streaming stuff or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I, I can see that. I, I mean, again, the, there's people signed up for five, six, seven different services. It's, it's, it's hard to keep up with. Well, you know, when the cable shot up over a hundred bucks a month, I mean, I remember when it was basic was thirty five, you know. Sure. And some apartment complexes was even included in the rent, you know. Sure. Yeah. And then uh, what, you were talking about the Bruce Pearl years. What was the first year? What was those first four? When did he start? Yeah, twenty fourteen, fall of twenty fourteen, uh, was his uh, his first year. But it really didn't pick up till about what 2017 yes yeah year year four for him they the year three they were they were around 500 they they had a little bit better team but year four is when they won that uh, sec regular season title well i mean at the time uh i was sort of in between jobs i'm not going to go into that but uh i signed up for the event staffing company which is no longer in business but i did the auburn alabama football game and that was a a neat experience. You get to see behind the lines, see all the dogs sniff for bombs or whatever they do. And then, you know, you get to see behind the scenes action. You know, I was a 12-hour gig when I threw my shirt to the guys. Like, well, I'll see you next football season. No, no, no. Um, they didn't call me Mr. Building. No, no. Oh, we got a basketball game. So I did four basketball games. And that was in 2017, I think. Uh-huh. And then it was just such a, a electrifying experience you know and then of course you know we do the ticket takers and if auburn was ahead you know we'd pump our muscles up and go down to the uh court of course we're not going to do anything but i guess for financial reasons i <laughs> had a commitment to but it was just a great experience for me at that time and then i'm actually trying to get on with event staffing Company, it's a different one, uh, but maybe I'll have to have those experiences. I've gone to a couple of women's basketball games, but uh, there's no substitution for being there in live, and, and that's all I got to say. Sure, I agree with that. I mean, I think you can feel the energy of a building no matter uh, where you are inside when when Auburn gets going on a run like that. Certainly, the basketball team they they're having so far this year, but in 2017, like you said, the, the first really big season they had under Coach Pearl, uh, it is electric to be in there. And, and well, and uh, every time I go to the Neville Arena, you know, you're talking, I think one of your, who was talking about the Beard Ooze Coliseum? That was me, Tom, talking about it. Hey, Tom. Hey. Yeah, I, I, I went to one or two basketball games, but uh, it's such a different experience at the Coliseum, you know. It was just like these little ants sort of shooting this little ball, you know. And, uh, of course, I had memorable experiences about, uh, you know, Charlie Daniels Band and some of the big, guys right. coming into town but uh 
Uh, and then I guess, are, is there any idea what they're going to do with the Coliseum? Is they using that for a practice facility for some sports or? Uh, they they had the uh, the handball uh, the the team the U.S. handball team was there. I know the uh, the uh, 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 wheelchair basketball plays there. Um, so they they use it uh, for stuff. I know I know Auburn Fire Department goes in there and trains and runs the runs the steps and so I mean they're still using it. Uh, the biggest thing is there's still offices that are in there that are occupied and until they can find replacement buildings or whatever for those offices. Uh, Beardies is going to stay there. Uh, ultimately, it will be torn down at some point. I mean, there's no point in having two basketball arenas. I don't know when that's going to happen, but at some point, it will go away. So, some of the sports offices are still in there. Yeah, there, um, I don't know what offices uh, specifically, but I do know there's offices there, and I do know that uh, it does get used for for different things. But uh, eventually, it will go away. Well, at some point, I was looking for, uh, for the men's staffing company about three years ago, and I wandered around the Coliseum. They actually have some geology labs or offices there. They use it for uh, just regular teaching, I guess, you know, just the overflow from Haley Center. So, you know, long, I, I know that building's just a dinosaur as far as energy, energy consumption. They can't keep it going forever. But. Right. Uh, but you know, that's there's a lot of memories there. You know, when did you when did you go to school? If I may ask, uh, I was at Auburn from '98 to 2002. Oh, okay, all right, so. okay. Well, uh, I'll let you get on with your next uh, caller, and I appreciate you taking my call and listening to an old man uh, think about old thoughts. And uh, I praise the medium. And what time's the game start tonight? Six thirty. Uh, Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Okay. I'll make sure and tune in. Okay. We'll see you guys later. Appreciate the call, Daryl. That is Daryl from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, and that will wrap up our second hour of the show. I want to thank Cam Berry for being here for the first couple hours. Hope you had a good time at uh, Neville Arena tonight. I sure will. It's going to be rocking. I can't wait. Absolutely. We'll see you again on Friday. Yeah, see you on Friday. Tom Peavy and myself, Ryan Lavoy, will continue on for the final hour of the show. Coming up next, Sports Call 5 at 5, presented by Southeastern Land Group. We'll also get back into that preview of Auburn and Alabama basketball and everything going on in the hoops world tonight. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started.
Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday. T.P. Hammock is running the board and taking your phone calls here in the final hour of the show. The first two shows of this week, we were off air by this time because of Borgard High School basketball. So getting back in the swing of things of a three-hour show for you today. And since we do make it to the 5 o'clock hour, it is time for the Sports Call 5 at 5, presented by Southeastern Land Group. John Harden and Brian Watts are your local land advisors with Southeastern Land Group. Land is always a sound financial investment, but it's also an investment in time with your family and friends. And Brian and John can help you find the perfect property for you. If you're looking to sell your land and get maximum exposure to potential buyers, your friends at Southeastern Land Group, can also help you with that, too. Call John Harden at 334-524-2756 or call Brian Watts at 334-707-4273 or find them online at sclandgroup.com. Today for the Sports Call 5 at 5, looking at SEC basketball. Conveniently, there are five ranked teams in the Southeastern Conference, so we will go through them right now, starting with... Number one. The highest ranked team in the Southeastern Conference is the Tennessee Volunteers. They enter this week at number six in the country. They got a big win in Lexington against Kentucky last weekend. Vols are 16 and 5, 6 and 2 in the SEC. Number two. Second highest ranked team in the league is Auburn. 12th ranked Auburn after climbing four spots this past week, getting the big quad one win. At Ole Miss, Auburn enters play tonight at 18-4 overall, 7-2 in the SEC. Number three. What about the South Carolina Gamecocks picked last in the league in the preseason? They got another important win last night, a squeaker over Ole Miss. Ole Miss tried to get back in that one late, and I don't know if you kept up with it. Controversial calls there. There were a couple uh, calls that went against Ole Miss, but also it was 68-65 final. It was 66 to 63 with five and a half minutes left. Wow. Four total points, two either way, the final five and a half minutes in that one. But South Carolina triumphant. They are now 20 and three overall, eight and two in the SEC. Number four. Fourth highest ranked team in the league. They're all kind of bunched up here is Alabama. They are number 16th in the country. Obviously, had some more non-conference losses against some of those ranked teams they are 16 and 6 overall but they are by themselves for now atop the sec they are 8 and 1 and last up on the sports call 5 at 5 presented by southeastern land group number 5 is the kentucky wildcats did not think they would be fifth in the league both in standing and in ranking right now uh, however they've had some home travails they've lost three at rupp arena uh, this season, again, they're 6-4 and four overall. They've lost the aforementioned South Carolina and Tennessee teams. Uh, still yet to play Auburn and Alabama. Of course, they will do that later. But looking like Kentucky at four losses, probably out of the race for the title. I think they'd have to probably win out. Uh, and doing that in this league, very, very tough to do. Uh, I think about 14-4 and four is going to end up winning the league. But that's the oh. Sports Call 5 at 5, presented by Southeastern Land Group. Uh, listening to uh, the Feinbaum show the other day after they got beat by uh, Tennessee, and I mean, there's a lot of people, they're ready to get rid of Calipari. It, it's, look, we talked, was it last year? I think it was last year. We talked about how if it went egregiously a certain way in the next season that uh, you would start to hear some of that. 
Well, you're hearing it. And you're starting to hear some of that. And now, I still think the team's pretty good overall. And, of course, Kentucky basketball is its its own thing where uh, it's so big that obviously the, the opinions are going to be uh, very passionate uh, <laughs> for or against, and in this case against, uh, Cal Perry. But, look, I mean, they've had uh, a run of things lately uh, that have been disappointing after the, the COVID-canceled tournament. They went 9-16, and 16, which is obviously awful. Kentucky should never be that. Uh, they went 26-8 and eight the year after that, but lost. That was the They lost to St. Peter's right. there, which is an embarrassing one to swallow. Uh, last year they were underwhelming again, 22-12. and 12. Uh, They were about around a 32 team, and that's where they ended up losing. And this year, I, I, through the first 13, 14 games, as they kind of were starting conference play, I thought, man, this team can score. They got five or six really viable options. Uh, they, they, they could end up being a Final Four team this year, and, and man, now it's uh, they're, they're they're teetering a little bit. Now you know they got to beat Vanderbilt last night, and everyone's entitled <laughs> to that opportunity sure. at least once. But until they beat someone in that top four or five in the league, uh, they they've got some serious questions now. And and you know the thing that people are running out of patience with Calipari is because they have had these top recruiting classes and i think this one that they just brought in some people were saying is like one of the greatest recruiting classes ever for men's basketball and i mean they're they're just always loaded with the best talent that you could possibly get and guys that are in the nba or are about to be in the nba and high lottery picks and this that and the other and they just can't get it done and people are definitely losing patience with calipari Sure. So, Kentucky, again, uh, does win last night. They scored 109 against Vandy. So, again, they, they certainly can score. Uh, they've got a weird one this weekend. They don't have an SEC game this weekend. They play Gonzaga uh, this weekend. And Gonzaga, if you followed along with the sport a little bit this year, they're they're in danger of missing the tournament. Like, that's a really important game for Gonzaga. They really need that one. If they lose that one, they're probably going to have to win the WCC conference tournament. Uh, if you if you believe the bracketology is is as close as Lenardi's got it, I mean, there's just not a lot of great opportunities in the uh, WCC. They did already lose to St. Mary's, which that's usually one of the best opportunities outside of Gonzaga, one of the best programs outside of Gonzaga. And uh, that Gonzaga and Kentucky one is weird because Kentucky just needs a, a decent team to beat to get this to get that thing going again. And then, like I said, Gonzaga needs something for the resume. And of course, Auburn will welcome Kentucky in the Neville Arena. Uh, Saturday, February 17th, so not too far from now. Uh, between then, again, Kentucky will have Gonzaga, and then they'll have Ole Miss before traveling to Auburn. Again, I'm speaking, of course, back to, to Auburn and, and Alabama tonight. Again, thrilled to see uh, all the tents out there. Our, our friend Justin Ferguson, as you guys said, uh, that the student section was full as of about 30 minutes ago already, so it took about 10 to 15 minutes after the, the doors opened for everyone to have packed that place enough to – uh, fill out the student section again there's going to be people standing room only there's going to probably be two or three rows deep of that as many as they're going to let in i mean at some point they'll have to start turning people away but they're going to they're going to put whatever they deem is the max capacity to the place regardless of seating that that's what's going to be in there tonight and again for this how important this game is not only because it's alabama if you just took who you were playing away this is the team that everyone's chasing right now in the SEC from a standings perspective. Alabama's only got the one loss to Tennessee. Um, they have really looked 
uh, pretty darn good. They have not had too many scares. I mean, they thumped Mississippi State at home the other night. They looked rough in the first half against Georgia and Athens, then scored like 50 in the second half to come back on Georgia. They put 100-something on LSU. Uh, I mean, they certainly score the basketball at a high rate. That's why I tend to think tonight, regardless of Auburn's defense, I think that this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Auburn will have to shoot the ball. Look, they may not have to shoot 70% in the second half like they did against Ole Miss, but they're going to have to shoot better than 5 of 25 from 3. And, uh, you know, look, it's also going to be in a game like this when you've got, I think, three to four clear threats for Alabama. Right. You'd like to target one or two and see if you can get them in foul trouble, see what kind of game it's going to be. Because you talked about Mark Sears and how – uh, he's going to be a first-team All-SEC guy. He's a 20-point scorer. 20-point scorers do not grow on tree- trees in college basketball, certainly not in the Power 5 level. Um, trying to attack. This Auburn team does not do a lot of guards dribbling into traffic, which in general, like that's not a horrible thing. You don't right. want your six-footer just slamming themselves into to bigger bodies. But if you're going to be able to get one of these guys in foul trouble – then it does require a little bit more of a of a desire to to get towards the rim, and I wonder if Trey Donaldson, since he is a little little bigger bodied guy, is going to try that a few times on Sears tonight, right? Uh, or Katie, if he's got that switch on when, when he's uh, coming in the second unit there. But you're, you're looking at that, and you're also looking at in terms of fouls. Janai Broom dominated Alabama the first time around. Can you get someone like Grant Nelson in foul trouble? Or, you know, they did get Nick Pringle in foul trouble. I know that there was a little bit of maybe animosity about him coming back tonight because he's missed the last couple games due to suspension. He only played 10 minutes in right. the first game because they got him in foul trouble so quickly. I mean, it was, it was, he was not usable, really. So I, I wonder what kind of game this will be. And I'm not trying to start anything with officiating. I'm just purely from an analysis standpoint looking at this. Is this a game where you can get one or two guys in foul trouble and take advantage of that somehow? Yeah. Um, well, and and that would be using that bench play to your advantage because we've we and everybody else have talked about how deep Auburn is. Alabama is not nearly as deep. Now, they do have some guys off their bench that can score, uh, as they showed in the last game against Auburn. But um, if you start getting into depth, if you can get those guys, their starting five, some of them into foul trouble – make them have to go to their bench a little bit more than they would be willing or wanting to, then that's going to play in your favor. But I'll tell you, if this game is anything like the last one, it is going to be physical. It is going to be an absolute physical dogfight. Uh, I had a buddy that was at that game in Tuscaloosa, and uh, he was just talking about that that was like one of the most physical basketball games he has ever seen in person uh, of just – Stuff that you didn't see on TV that you could only see live, just how physical it was even away from the ball. Um, people were hitting the floor constantly. I mean, and then, of course, you saw sometimes where Alabama may have gotten away with some things with some Auburn players on the floor. So um, it's going to be physical. Uh, just because Alabama is going to be in Neville Arena does not mean that they're not going to be a physical basketball team. So then maybe the foul thing does come into play. But you just hope that – if if it's a physical style of game that the refs are not calling it one way, uh, if you're going to call it, then it needs to go call both ways, or just eat the whistles and let the guys play. Uh, obviously, to an extent. I mean, you can't you know have a full on 
football game starting on the basketball floor. But if so, you heard a pop, that was me slapping my own arm to indicate well, that that probably should be a foul. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Still, either way. You know. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, but the, the handshake stuff, like so, guard. So right. that's why I'm saying, what kind of game is it? Because if it's going to be more permissible, like it was in the first game. There was not a ton of fouls in that game. I think right. both teams ended the 17-18 free throw range. They were pretty even there. And, of course, there was some pretty big calls late. Uh, obviously, they did not see the Alabama player. I forgot who stomping on Broom's stomping hand. On broom. The the Chad Baker Mazzara three I felt was probably not a foul. Right. Um, so and then of course Auburn did foul one or two times trying to make Alabama hit some free throws at the end. So even then, again, you you had a couple things late, but there was not necessarily a ton of free throws. Right. So do they call it like that or? Is it the we're going to be here all night and both teams are going to be in the double bonus? Because then that's when you start getting the hand checks and that's when you do get more guards in trouble. And look, again, I'm just posing this to you because Alabama is a team that is more guard oriented. So the likelihood is if there's not a lot of fouls in this game, you're not going to have many relevant Alabama players in foul trouble because Sears and Estrada and Wright sell off the bench and, and Rylan Griffin, you know, these are guards and wings. And really, Grant Nelson is really the only contributor offensively what they do that is more of a bigger guy. And, again, that's also why Auburn took advantage of that when Auburn had the ball and why Janiah Broom had such a huge day. Can Jayla Williams find a way to take advantage of it? Because that's the guy you highlighted as having a rough right. one in Tuscaloosa, very <clears throat> uncharacteristic. Can he have the 15-7-5 and five game? where he influences it in all ways, not just scoring. But, again, J when Jalen Williams is really good, A, he's very efficient. He's be like six of eight. But then also he'll get four to five assists because he will then impose his will, get to his spot. You will have to make a decision defensively, and he will do the right thing with the basketball. That is why he is usually an efficient player because he does not take a lot of bad shots. And if he is in a tough position, he does get help, and he does find – someone else to kick it out to. That's also what Janai Broom did well in the Ole Miss game where he right. had seven assists. So these big guys, it's not only about scoring uh, or being efficient when shooting. It's also about if Alabama is going to dedicate resource to stopping them, in other words, a double team or a different style of defense, a zone, whatever, then make them pay for that in multiple ways. Don't make it try to, oh, I'm just going to shoot over him anyway and show you that you're too small. Find the right shooter. Find the right pass cross court to then discourage them from doing that, and then you will have the ability to go back to one-on-one -on -one and easier matchups for your bigs to actual score. Because being able to pass out of that double team, what, what teams are hoping for when they double team a big guy they are hoping for a turnover or a contested three. They're hoping that you will not find the guy that is unguarded right. and that you will either have to pass it out to somebody that is still guarded for a three or that they're going to be clumsy with the basketball. They're not going to make a quick enough decision that they will turn over your big guy. And that happens from time to time too. So that's why the passing ability, making the right decision when you are double teamed is so important because the whole concept of the double team, other than obviously stopping that guy from shooting, is we're going to bet that that big guy will not make the correct decision with the basketball. Usually Jalen Williams is pretty damn good at making the correct decision with the basketball, but lately Janiah Broom has been better 
with making the correct decision and not trying to be a bull in a china shop going through two or three defenders. So that is going to be a key for me is if Alabama does decide that 25 points, 14 rebounds for Janai Broom does not want to be duplicated tonight, let's see how Janai Broom reacts to that extra defensive attention and that sort of thing because one for one, even Nick Pringle, who is a bigger dude than the other guys they have, and he'll be back tonight, he was not effective at doing that. He had to foul Janai way too often in Tuscaloosa to where he was on the court 10 minutes. So we'll see how they react to that. We are going to go ahead and take our first time out of the 5 o'clock hour when we come back. Start to wind down the show a little bit. We'll continue final predictions for this Auburn-Alabama game. I will also take a look around the SEC, and I want to get Tom's thoughts since this is his last show of the week. I want to get his Super Bowl prediction. We'll get more into that on Friday when we do all the prop bets and all that sort of stuff. But do want to go ahead and get to Tom's Super Bowl prediction before the end of the show today as well. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, Tiger Communications app, or if you're listening after the fact, on the Sports Call podcast, presumed by Coca-Cola, available wherever you may get your podcast. Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here. T.P. Hammock running the board, taking phone calls today on this Wednesday. Uh, this will be a little bit of a long segment, but we are going to go ahead and make this the last segment of the show, so we'll get out of here about 20 minutes or so, give our guys the opportunity to go where they need to go and set up for the Auburn Alabama game tonight which of course is at six o'clock inside of Neville Arena real quickly want to just run through the other SEC offerings tonight uh, as I know our attention will be on the game in Auburn but at six o'clock on the SEC network you will have number six Tennessee hosting LSU that should be a game that Tennessee should feel comfortable about the eight o'clock window. Uh, not the strongest in the world, especially not this one. Texas A&M thirteen eight goes to eight and fourteen. Missouri, Missouri lost their opportunity to get an SEC win when they lost to Vandy last weekend. A&M, despite not having the robust overall record, still thought of as being in the NCAA tournament right now as uh, of Joe Lenardi's projections. Also, you've got Georgia going to Mississippi State. As both of those teams are 14 and 8 overall on the season. Uh, State coming into that one uh, having gotten uh, thumped this past weekend. Georgia's let a couple of uh, opportunities slip away uh, in recent weeks, and uh, certainly the Bulldogs and uh, both versions of the Bulldogs here still got an outside chance at the NCAA tournament. So, Tom, any of that interest you tonight? No. <laughs> All right. Just to be honest, I, I'm in, I'm interested in the Auburn Alabama game. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. I I yeah. understand. Uh, but I was just saying, if hey, 
you know, Georgia, they need to win one of these because they're starting to lose a lot of these close ones. Or A&M, how are they still in the yeah. NCAA tournament picture? Yeah, you know. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a blip on the radar, but not something that I just, like, super am invested in. Okay. I'll okay. see it after the fact. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But, eh. Sure. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm all in on Auburn, Alabama tonight. All right, so Full bore. we'll uh, we'll finish off with that in just a second. We'll get our final prediction, final matchup breakdown. But uh, again, as I said, obviously you were on Monday through Wednesdays, yep. uh, which means not again until when the Super Bowl is played. Your thoughts? Ooh. Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Uh, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to take it. Uh, as much as the Forty ers have kind of been that team that. Everybody, I mean, all through the season, it's been kind of been like, you know, the 49ers, they just look like they're going to be the team that does it. The Chiefs kind of had some little bit of a struggles there down the stretch, but then have now been playing some great football through the playoffs. Uh, I just – I think that the Chiefs have the weaponry on offense to get it done. And then on defense, I think that they're going to be able to uh, contain Brock Purdy and kind of – I think they're going to rattle him enough and, and be able to get back there and – I don't think they're going to be able to allow him to run like he did in the uh, NFC Championship game where he actually looked like – I even jokingly called him Brock Mahomes with some of his running that he did. I just – I don't think that the Chiefs defense is going to let that happen to him. Uh, there's a lot of questions about Brock Purdy. You know, how, how good is he really? Uh, is he the type of guy that can do it? I still think the jury is out on that. Uh, I just think the Chiefs are better uh, – are playing better right now, and I think the Chiefs get it done. I think Mahomes is going to have a big day. I think uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend is going to have a big day, a uh, big night, and I, I think the Chiefs are going to get it done. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Chiefs are going to get it done. Do you have – because we're, we're going to do this on the show on Friday, but do you have a prop bet in mind, like a either statistical prop bet or something how, involving the off-the-field stuff? I, I, the, the big prop bet is going to be how many times they show Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. uh-huh. What, what, what would be a good over-under for that? Uh, Twelve. See, it's usually like four to five or six well, right, in these so other you, games. So you have to imagine how many <clears> – <throat> think about how many <clears> – <throat> excuse me, how many touchdowns is Travis Kelsey going to score because they're going to show her right. if he scores. Right. Let's just say he gets two. Yeah, so there's be nice. There's two. Yeah. Uh, you know they're going to show her at pregame Yeah, because they got to go ahead and have the cameras. Like, Watch her walk in. Where's yeah. she at? Um, you know, if somebody else makes a big play – yeah. Camera to the boot, camera yeah, to possible. the suite. Yeah, it's um, in play. So I I I say 12 um, is kind of that over-under. See, okay. And that may be a little I, too much. It may be more like eight. But. This is when I get maybe annoying when it comes to prop bets. I'm going to do this a lot on Friday. You have to give me your very clear parameters. So does it count? Is it, Are we only talking like – I'm saying in-game. Only, only from kickoff to – Take that knee. You won the Super right. Bowl. Okay, because post game, if they win, she's going to be on the field the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm talking about. Right. Okay. I'm talking kickoff until zeros on the clock. Okay. The pregame stuff. Obviously, they're going to show her walking in. They're going to be showing a bunch of her on the pregame stuff. I'm talking from kickoff to clock hits zero. Okay. That's the parameter of how Gosh, much. I do hope they it's show. single digits at least. But you, I. I I'm not going to underestimate them. Right. I, I, I won't do it. That I'll, I won't do it. Uh. <laughs> well, well, but here and here's the thing of saying don't under, don't underestimate that. Um, 
I saw something where the I mean, there's actually like Taylor Swift fans doing Super Bowl parties, yeah, like Swifty yeah. parties for the Super Bowl. Yeah, the TV execs know that, and yeah. they're going to they're going to throw her up there. They're going to throw her image on the screen because there's a lot of people that are going to be watching this just to see her picture on there. Well, and like Goodell was totally leaning into it the other day too. He was like, "Yeah, you know, she's bringing new fans in. This is great." global she's got a global global audience we've got a big right. audience yeah let's just keep growing if the shield shields about however many more eyeballs can can watch so they're gonna they're gonna try to show it enough to please that without alienating those that are just sure. simply there trying to watch the biggest football game of the year uh you, you big wing guy during super bowl you pizza guy I, you know, i'm i'm gonna be working um you big bartending guy I'm a big bartending guy <laughs> I, I will be a big meatball guy because I will uh-huh. be having a. I'll, we're doing like a potluck thing there at Fat Eddie's. I'll have a big crock pot full of uh, meatballs with barbecue sauce. You know, just the kind of typical game fare there. Uh, if somebody brings some wings, I'll eat some of those. We got a guy that's going to be cooking up some catfish, so I'm okay. going to be eating some catfish, catfish meatballs. And if there's some wings there, I'll dig into them too. But I'm going to be popping beers. I have power for other people, not for uh-huh. me, <laughs> or or both. Uh, <laughs> My power play typically has been to use a bunch of Buffalo Wild Wing rewards points. Okay. Now you have to spend like a dollar because they're it's stupid. So you just like get I don't know a side of fries or something. But then I you just if whatever party I've got going on, I get however many wings I need. And I go there so often in a calendar year uh, that I have enough rewards points for however many wings I right. need to get, and uh, they probably hate me for it. And I'm like, well, I earned these. I went here 40 times <laughs> this year and i've go. earned these uh i don't know if i'm hosting the party this year or not so maybe i won't do that but that's been the move whenever i, I host the the super bowl gotcha. party. uh and isn't it the biggest pizza day of the year is that what it technically is yeah i think it is okay. it, it um beer sales it, it's like i think it is the top beer sale uh date uh-huh. around and i'm pretty sure it's the biggest pizza day i think wings pizza and beer yeah it's like those three Super Bowl Sunday is like astronomical on how much they sell of that. Yeah, pretty beautiful stuff. Yeah, pretty beautiful foosball. Stuff. Uh, all right, so I just wanted to get uh, some of that from you because uh, I know yeah. not being on Thursday and Friday, and of course we'll get to recap it all on Monday. But uh, Friday is when we will be having the big uh, bet prop bet day and uh, be able to. Look at a bunch of the different uh, different things out there. We might even get a few tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Friday is going to be our, our biggest day previewing the Super Bowl, as one can imagine. So uh, starting to wind down the show a little bit. Still got some time left, so let's head back to the Auburn and Alabama game. Again, Tigers are favored by five and a half. Of course, the game will start in a little less than a half hour, so right. I figure it will close about that. Um, do you see this being as high of a scoring game as uh, – Maybe we're we're tending to believe right here again. The, oh, I yeah. think the over under was one sixty three. Right. Uh, so that, again, that's about eighty four seventy nine something there. Uh, that's about where I'm okay. thinking that game's going to be. I, I would. I, I'll tell you this. I would be shocked if either team gets into the nineties. I don't think this is going to be a ninety type game. Um, I definitely see this being the winner being in the low eighties, um, maybe high seventies. Uh, high 70s low 80s i think is kind of what i'm looking there i so like you know i know you're going to eventually ask like a score prediction i i think auburn wins this one like 83 to 76 83 to 74 
somewhere it's gonna I think it's gonna be kind of like teetering on that 10 point win for Auburn uh I think there is that good chance they even win it by 10 uh I just said kind of a close game I think Auburn kind of pulls away right there at the end with free throws and some things like that um uh I, I see this you know, going one or two ways. I personally think that Auburn is going to win this one by about that 10-point range. Uh, and if Alabama pulls it off, I think it's going to be one of those that's like right at the end. Like, they, Alabama might win it by like three. Um, I just – I don't see Alabama pulling away from Auburn and, and clearing out Neville Arena before the game's even over. I just don't see that happening. Um, I just – I think Auburn, it's going to be kind of a nip and tuck. I think at the end, Auburn's going to find a way to – pull away and, and start stretching a lead out there towards the end. You know, I, I wonder with this Auburn team, because, again, it, it's weird. This team is, I think, objectively a pretty good offensive team, but it still has its moments where the, where we, we kind of groan and it looks disjointed. I wonder if we, we will probably see that for a three- to four-minute stretch tonight where Auburn goes about three straight minutes without a bucket or has a couple straight turnovers, whatever. They're not a huge turnover team, but it, it happens. And so I wonder how they respond to that. If it kind of festers mm-hmm. and it becomes a whole half of a half, that's like, man, they scored seven points in ten minutes there. Right. That's not good enough at all. Or if they quickly recover. It's like, no, that was just kind of recalibrating, and now here's a couple threes. Here's right. a here's a block steal, layup dunk type of deal, and, and things are back. I just wonder how they respond because inevitably, even in te- games that you score 90 points, you will have a three- or four-minute stretch that's just like, whoops, threw it out of bounds. Whoops, yeah. drop, yeah. you know, missed a layup. Yeah. You know, and it just, it just kind of happens. And I, I hope that that does not fester because even against Vandy – if you were nitpicking for like six or seven minutes, like Ew, this is kind of oh, this mean. is gross. Yeah, yeah, I know absolutely. There were times against Vanderbilt that I was screaming at the television, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then you look at the score. I even joked. I was like, "Good lord!" I was like, "Auburn is up by twenty points," and I'm sitting here cursing at the television because <laughs> they just have. It's just like these brain fart times. You're like, "No, like stop, yeah. Jesus." Yeah, you. I think that's gonna happen because. It, this is not. I mean, it even happens in professional basketball. But I mean, still, to like these are just these are college kids. There's going to be mental lapses. There's going to be some screw ups. It's going to happen. But like you said, you can't let it fester. Now, same thing with that. Alabama's going to hit some runs. Yeah, that, that's it's just going to happen. Auburn is Auburn is not going to stretch this thing out to twenty points before halftime and just kind of keep the pedal down. That's just not going to happen. It's not no. right. Alabama's going to have their runs. They're going to have their runs early. Uh, probably lead a little bit early. Uh, you know, late in the game, I think Auburn's going to have that lead, but it's going to get really uncomfortable, and Steve's going to start popping meds and pacing the floor because Alabama's going to start chipping away, and it's like, oh, no, don't let this happen. Please don't let this happen. And then I think Auburn pulls it away. So, can you withstand the runs and don't let it turn into a monumental run or monumental run? Um, it, sure, six zero run, seven zero run, cool. Don't let it turn into a ten zero run. Don't let it turn into a twelve two run. No, if if they hit a couple buckets in a row, be able to answer back. It's one of the things that we talked about. Don't try to match a three with a three because that's a recipe. The way Alabama shoots threes, that is a recipe for a quick six zero run. They hit a three, you go down there and you just fire one up 
before anybody is even set and the offense is set and you just fire one up and clank it. Alabama's got the ball. They come down. They hit another three. Boom. That's 6-0 run in just two possessions, and you and you just had an empty possession. So stay within your game. Play the way that you know how to play and get your offense set. You know, I, I don't like these heat check moments, even though they're fun when it happens. But, you know, you better heat check up 12 with two minutes left. Sure. But not up not three yet. with five minutes exactly. left. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I would feel more comfortable if I saw Auburn come down and being able to answer a three and, you know, firing up a three real quick like that. If, if I was like, you know, Auburn is so clutch at that, then I'd be like, heck yeah, do it. No, Auburn cannot seem to knock those down. They knock their threes down when the offense is set, they move the ball around, they find an open guy, hit a three. That works great. I don't see Auburn – being the type of team that can just come down there and just fire one up and make it. And, you know, kind of that answer back and tit-for-tat type deal. with Auburn's not built like that. You're playing in Alabama's game if you do that. So get the offense set, find an open guy. If you if you want the three, then take the three. But it needs to be through a set offensive play and ball movement and getting Bama's guys out of position and have your guys there for the board if you do miss it. You know, the last thing you want to do is fire one up and the only guys there are Alabama. So – those are the things Auburn's got to avoid, and I think they will. I think they've, you know, lessons are being learned as the season goes along, and I think Auburn knows that. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the intensity is going to be amped up a lot with the crowd there, and uh, that's why yeah, I think Auburn. I think Auburn takes care of business. And, and look back to one of the first points you made there. Like Alabama is going to make threes. Like yes. they are going to make several threes. I, I know that it felt in the first half in, in Coleman, like Alabama just could not miss anything like that. They they finished eleven of thirty from three, thirty six point seven percent. They're going to do that again. Like that that is their average day. They will hit nine, ten, eleven threes. They will shoot at least in the mid thirties percentage wise. You you certainly don't want them to start getting a 40, 45% range. You don't want them to get 13, 15 threes, but they're going to hit at least nine or 10 threes and they're going to shoot at least 30%, 35% from three. Like that's who they are. That's why I talked about earlier how I think critical it is for two point range that, yeah, like Obviously, you want to be able to get it all right. You want to be able to give the best contest you can on threes. You would love them to be cold. But you, at the very minimum, need to control your two-point defense and say, okay, you're going to have your spurts, but what you're not going to do is parlay that into the easy layups, which this team would like to do. Because, again, they score 90 points a game. That obviously means they can do it all. Like, yes, they shoot a lot of threes and make a lot of threes. But it's not like, hey – they shot 25% from three tonight, so they scored 57 points. Right. No, they'll score, still score in the 70s, even shooting poorly from three. So the key is is when they, are, when they are forced to take more twos, when Grant Nelson has it down low, when Sears or Estrada are driving, that you hold them under 50% on twos like you did in Coleman. They held them about 40%, 39% from two in that game. That's a really good number. If Auburn can duplicate that this time, yeah. I'm going to have, a, a again, a really good feeling about it because it would require such a great three-point night or for Auburn to be very cold. 
Uh, so, again, there was a lot of room for improvement there for Auburn. Alabama ha- could, could still play a better game than that, too, but that was kind of their normal game in terms of the three-point line and some other things. Uh, whereas, obviously, Auburn going 5 of 25 from three. Look, Auburn does not set the world on fire from three, but normally if you shoot 25 of them, you'd expect Auburn to hit seven or eight of them, not not five and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, I, I, obviously, this is a huge matchup. It's huge for – the rivalry, trying to, to make sure you split, but also, again, with the SEC standings, with Alabama having one loss and Auburn having two right now, you really don't want to fall two games behind because then you start thinking about can you even find more than a couple more losses for Alabama right. in the SEC schedule and, and that sort of thing. So uh, it's a huge one for sure tonight. Looking forward to it, and it's coming up uh, yep. in just a few minutes. I guess my I guess I never gave a score. I'm going to go something – I think you said a seven to nine point margin, which is exactly what I'm thinking. I want to go a little higher than you. I'm going to go 87 to 80 Auburn. Uh, Okay, wow. So up in the high 80s. And and that, and the other thing too is here is like with Alabama, they're going to go quick. So you would think, oh, road team, maybe they'll want to just settle down a little bit and like not get too antsy. No, like Mm -hmm. I promise you, ball goes in basket for Auburn. Nados is going to be like, come on, Mark, go, got to go, got to get up there. Well, it, here's this is my thing um, with it being at Neville Arena. That crowd's going to be crazy. I just saw a guy post it. He said this is literally the loudest warm up session I've ever Good. been a part of in my life. Good. Um, it, it's going to be a crazy environment. However, I I don't think the crowd and that is going to rattle Alabama. I think what it can do is amp Auburn's players up. Now you just you hope it doesn't amp them up too much to where they right. start trying to do too many thirty foot things. three. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I Alabama has played in environments before. They've played in hostile environments. They you know maybe not like quite like what they're about to go into in Neville Arena, but th- those guys have played in brutal environments. They have won in some brutal environments. I don't think the crowd is going to rattle them. I think it can boost Auburn and. So you kind of try to get that out of your head that the Alabama is going to suddenly get rattled by this. I just don't think that's the case. Um, you know, maybe it maybe it rattles a little bit of something with some communication potentially, but I, I think ultimately when it comes down, I mean, they they know how to play basketball. They know how to block that out and play their game. And so in that case, you know, that's where you just have to be cautious with that and not think that Auburn's just going to just you know cakewalk through this because we're at home no um starting five trey donaldson denver jones chris moore jalen williams johnny johnny janai broom um that that's going to be your starting five for auburn same starting five as last couple games as they've moved donaldson in there and tried to get aiden going off the bench a little bit so uh coming up just a few minutes so real quickly for the show ends the nightly tv guide our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. The Sports Call Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Real quickly, of course, number 12, Auburn. Number 16, Alabama. Neville Arena, 6 o'clock, ESPN2. As there is some NBA stuff on ESPN tonight, so ESPN2 for that one. 6 o'clock, NC State Pitt on ESPNU. Villanova Xavier, Xavier 6 o'clock, FS1. And the NHL, they just came back from the All-Star break. Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Rangers, 6 o'clock on TNT. And that is Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tom Peavy, thank you for being here Oof. this week, sir. Yeah. Lots of good sports ahead. We'll talk about them all with you next week. Uh, and hopefully we'll have some good stuff to talk about uh, Monday when I'm back on the show. Absolutely. Super Bowl, this game. Hopefully a win at Florida on Hopefully Saturday. Win at Florida, yeah. yeah. A lot of good stuff. That'd be nice. And uh, also we want to thank Cam Berry, who was here a little bit ago as well. 
That will do it for this Wednesday edition of the show. We, as always, appreciate all those that tune in and called in. For T.P. Hammock running the board and for Cam Berry and Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LeMoy. Have a great Wednesday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.